The following is an exclusive presentation of Pirate Radio, the voice of the Pirate Nation. Pirate fans, welcome to the U.S. Cellular 5th Quarter Postgame Call-In Show. Brought to you by U.S. Cellular. Be sure to visit one of ECU graduate Brandon Tate's Platinum Certified U.S. Cellular stores and experience the highest standard of customer service. Call in on the live line at 317-1250. Now, with a complete recap of the game and your phone calls, live from the Pirate Radio Studios, here's your host of the U.S. Cellular 5th Quarter, Clip Brock. Alright, App State in the victory formation as they are going to knock off East Carolina today, 43-28, to a dominant second half for App State. East Carolina, a lead going into the locker room. And then the final 30 minutes was all Mountaineers. Not enough offense, uh, some big plays given up on defense. We will certainly talk about Alex Flynn and his start. Saw some good things. Also saw three interceptions from Alex Flynn. So uh, we'll talk about the quarterback play and everything in between here on the U.S. Sailor fifth quarter call-in show. Clip Rock, Billy Weaver, Marcus Crandall, and Jason Nichols. Shirley Rhodes taking your calls. Intern Joey on the video. The big dog, Glenn Griffin, here as well. 317-1250. Get your calls in now, and we'll talk to you when we return. U.S. Sailor fifth quarter call-in show back with you after this. You're listening to the U.S. Cellular 5th Quarter Postgame Call-In Show. Here's Clip Brock. All right, 317-1250, the number on the U.S. Cellular 5th Quarter Call-In Show. Uh, this will not be the angriest postgame call-in show of the day. That'll be Alabama's whenever they finish their game. They're only up 10-3 <laughs> to three on South Florida. Oh, they scored. Uh, they did score. A touchdown, that is. 10-3 in the third quarter. All right. Uh, but that is a crazy score. Uh, and we'll uh, update you on what's going on across the landscape of college football. East Carolina losing 43-28. to 28. We got Brooks, Zach, Justice, and Cameron ready to go. Let's uh, briefly just go around the table real quick. Uh, Jay, Nick, your thoughts on what we just watched? Yeah, disappointed again a little bit, um, just in the final score. Um, thought we started off pretty good early on, just um, played some good football early on, but then we, we kind of, you know, let things go with the turnovers and penalties and, um, you know, gave up some some explosion plays. But, um, you know, we just, I, you know, at when you look at it, it's at the naked eye. It's the support staff. I know everybody likes to say, when I say support staff, I'm talking about the the cast that's helping the one position we all want to talk about, which is the quarterback. And a lot falls on that guy. But are we doing enough to help him? And I don't know if the supporting cast right now is doing enough to help that position out to be successful. And so it's frustrating because it leads to – uh, when you get deep into the third and fourth quarter, our defense is on the field so much that we don't have anything to stop anybody right now. And they're, they're playing way too too many plays on the defensive end because we're not effective or consistent enough on the offensive end. And so it's, it's frustrating. But that's why you say complimentary football. I thought we did that pretty good in the first half. Um, we, 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 were, we were complimenting each other, but we fell off of it. Marcus, uh, boy, lead at halftime. Things looking pretty good. Um, what what went wrong in the second half? What happened? Yeah, I mean, it looked very promising the first half, right? And, and especially the first drive. Um, 
And then, uh, but what I what I was definitely uh, proud to see was uh, how well our defense kind of bounced back. They give up, you know, after we scored, you know, App State came back and scored as well, right? But our defense bounced back and um, and started to play some tough nose defense overall for the most part. Gave us a chance by getting two picks, and um, you know they scored. And so uh, from that standpoint, you like that. We want to see more of it from the back end in regards to I – th- I really do still think we're not playing good enough on the back end um, when we're actually playing like in a zone coverage, if that makes sense. I, whether we should uh, actually press guys a little bit more, you know, get mm-hmm. up in their face and play that. That's our style of defense, right? And say, hey, let's if you're going to beat us, we're going to give you the low percentage throws. Yep. Because when you saw when we were doing that – they were throwing incompletions. When we actually gave soft coverage or giving up uh, the, the the green grass, so to speak, they took advantage of it almost every single time. And, and uh, when you're doing that, it puts the offense in a different situation in regards to, you know, the, here we are looking to get off the field. Now they get a first down. We're, we're They're extending their drives and marching the ball down the field. And so uh, it, it kind of goes hand in hand in regards to offense, defense. Um, I, I really want to be a more challenging of a defense than we have been mm-hmm. um, in order to, uh, you know, kind of help the offense even more than they have been. But offensively, man, um, yeah, I mean, we went down and we scored on the first drive. Um, I really would like to see some, some better uh, throws in regards to uh, the the picks that we talked that we were talking about, um, and at the same time, we got to kind of put it put the uh, quarterback in a better situation too, because I think there was one interception where he was all the, all the way on the right hash and was throwing a wide side out. For me, as a quarterback having to play the position, that's not a great throw versus no. man coverage. You mm-hmm. give that defender uh, multiple chances, even if he had because he had separation. The receiver had separation. Yeah, but on that long of a throw, that you, long of you, a throw, he had time to cover and to close. Absolutely, and, and then he took it to the house. Yep, we not take it to the house. He took it to the one, I believe. We've, we we uh, saw the schedule when it came out. You thought you'd probably lose to Michigan, okay? But hey, can we start two and one? Can, we got to at least start one and two. Uh, sitting at zero and three right now with Gardner Webb and then conference play, so still a lot of football left. But you know, we, we got the the chances to be bowl eligible you know have a winning season and and the conference championship is still out there but man it feels like we're a long ways away from it right now. it almost feels like you're down oh three in the best of seven series in the nba (laughs) i mean you know how many teams come back from that you know things i take from this is too way too many mistakes way too many mistakes uh be it penalties uh be it the interceptions obviously flynn still finding i like what i saw from flynn Mm -hmm. um and in a normal situation you're thinking okay these are these are mistakes that can be fixed these can be fixed in practice but when you're starting zero and three you know you're like there's not a whole lot of fixing time to get back on track uh the other thing is there's no way that if your team gets two defensive touchdowns that you should lose that ball game that's like if you win the turnover battle four to nothing you win that ball game so the defense i still don't have a problem with the defense defense did their job other thing I have a problem with is we still can't seem to get tempo on offense. Every time we see tempo on offense, they the, the offense runs well. 
that first drive, there was tempo. They hurried up to the line. They kept the, the defense off balance. I want to see more tempo. We kind of get away from that from time to time. But like I said earlier, too, it's hard to get into tempo when you're a flag down and you're backing up 10 yards or another flag here or a hold. You can't get into tempo. So you got to get rid of the mistakes to be able to get into rhythm and tempo on offense. And you got to win first down to get the tempo on offense. Right. And first what, down is yeah, a big that's play. Right. That's let's, right. Let's that, get that, to That's been my ordeal since game one. You know, yeah. yeah. I mean, you game one, you're you're making a statement, right? Yeah. You're making a statement, and going into that game, Michigan's offense defensive line is the best. So put the ball in the receivers' hands and give them a chance to make plays. Uh, take away their best defender or, or their best part of their defense in regards to they're they're going to stop the run. Let's give our guys a chance. Let's give our guys a chance by putting the ball in the air. All right, let's get to the calls uh, because I know the folks have a lot to say after this one and. Uh, we are here for you, people. Uh, Brooks, Zach, Justice, hang on. Cameron starts us off in Goldsboro. Hey, Cameron. Clip, what we're witnessing right now, guys, is just total, complete failure uh, by the coaching staff, uh, Mike Houston, the offensive coach staff, for developing uh, what our offense is going to look like without Keaton Mitchell and Holt Naylor's. I mean, we had three years of Mason Garcia as a backup. You think you would have time to develop him, and you think with how respectful Coach Houston is, they would know that we don't have a guy that can come in and start, and we could tap into the transfer portal. But no, I mean it's just it's ridiculous, and we're we're in a situation where it's right back to 2018 again. I feel bad uh, for the players, but the entire offense is is really a joke. We may be the worst offense in the country. Uh, it, I thought Flynn did a lot better job than what Garcia can provide, but still, you know, it doesn't matter who we have at quarterback. With this offensive system we currently have, we are only going to win two games or three games at max this year. Um, Donnie Kirkpatrick, he needs to be fired. Uh, and I, I just don't get how can we fail? These wide receivers can't catch balls. It just looks like we failed to develop these players and we failed to recruit offensive players at the skill position. And I just don't get it when we had so much time the coaching staff could do it and you have a new transport portal that we can go in and, get, and basically buy free agents. I don't get it. It's, it's ridiculous. Serious questions need to be asked about Donnie Kirkpatrick. Really, I mean, we need to get rid of Donnie Kirkpatrick. A serious question needs to be asked about Mike Houston. Why isn't he, isn't he making a move to get rid of Donnie Kirkpatrick? The entire system is not going to work here at East Carolina offensively uh, with the current players we have right now. Um, and Garner-Webb, I mean, they can move the football offensively. Garner Webb, it, it's going to be a close one next week. I just feel bad uh, for the past two years making a bolt and just the complete drop off. It's like the the ship has sunk and it's blown up. Uh, it's it's ridiculous. You should, as a fifth year head coach, you should have players in place that could step up to replace your key guys from last year. Uh, it's ridiculous. It's a joke, and we're in for a long season. Uh, but as always, go Pirates. There is Cameron in Goldsboro with his thoughts. Let's keep it going. 317-1250. Justice is up next in Charlotte. Hey, Justice. Hey, man. How's it going, Flip? What's up, man? Doing all right? Hey. Yeah, I'm doing good. Um, hey, guys. You know, i got a lot of thoughts going on through my head right now, but um, primarily it's kind of similar to what the last caller alluded to. Is This is a kind of a total program failure from Mike Houston down. Um, I never want to, you know, I love our players. I think they played hard, but. Mike Houston is not the guy that, that we thought he was. Um, this is his team. This is his fifth year from, you know, Donnie all the way to Blake Carroll. These are – this is exactly the program that he wanted to run, and it's failed. Um, and so, I, 
I'm really disappointed. Um, and, and frankly, we're in a, a pretty tight bind considering that Mike Houston's extended through 26, I believe. So even if we wanted to, to, to make a change at the end of this year, it's not going to happen due to the financial point of, point of view. So um, I, I'd, I'd love to see Mike Houston own this. This is his failure. Um, I, I like the effort that, that Flynn gave today. I thought he showed some flashes, but ultimately some of those mistakes. I mean, the first two interceptions he had, it was the same play. It was the same throw uh, and double coverage. And hopefully he can get that cleaned up uh, going forward. But uh, Mike Houston's not the guy we thought he was. Um, really disappointed. All right, Justice. Uh, thanks for the call, man. Uh, yeah, for a second, my brain thought that we were watching a replay on that interception. Yeah. It looks so mm. so similar. Uh, we had like Jason and Marcus breaking down the first one, and I was like, "Well, we already broke that one down. Like, we don't need to talk about what just happened because <laughs> we already did it play. earlier in the sh- in the game." Yeah. All right. Three one seven twelve fifty. Let's go next to Zach and Dunn. Hey, Zach. You want to talk about bowl season? Talk about bowl season? I'm just trying to win a dang game. You know? Uh, in all seriousness, there is a good possibility that we don't win next weekend. And, yeah, okay, that's a little brash. Um, but, you know, you look at it, Garner-Webb is you know, is no slouch. And, really, we don't have enough equity in our program right now to overlook anybody. Um, you know, shame on us as the fans for hearing all off season that there is a tight quarterback battle and – you know, us fans uh, thought that it was because we had two quality guys. Um, but as uh, as Coach Houston would say, maybe that says more about our fan base than our coaching staff. Um, you know, that whole debacle at the press conference this week, I, I understand he was probably trying to take the attention uh, away from the team and put it, you know, on him because everybody's been focused more on his comments. But you, know, you got to be able to back it up. And we didn't move the ball at all in the second half. I, uh, I believe Igo tweeted out we had 21 yards uh, of offense in the second half. I was asking about that, and I didn't have a running total. I knew it was low, but that's pretty brutal. Yeah, we knew it was low just from watching. Yeah. We didn't know the exact amount of yeah. yardage for sure. I do, I do think we got the 30 yards, so there's a benchmark there moving forward. Um, but, I mean, whenever you have that, little consistency or that little production, you know, that means a lot of three and outs. And regardless of how good the defense is playing, which, yeah, there was plenty of of issues with the defense, but regardless of how hard those guys are playing, in an emotionally fueled game, they're going to start giving up plays, which you saw that at the end. They were gassed. And, yeah, you know, the, the defense has been undisciplined this year, but I'm putting no blame on the defense. You know, they played their butts off, uh, but now my question turns to we're 0-3, and, and really we, we've gotten our butts kicked all three games. Uh, the Michigan game, you tossed that out. That's fine. But uh, we've looked terrible the, t- the second half of the last two weeks. And now you start to wonder with the way the landscape is now in college football, which players – it's game four is coming up. So which players are going to hit the portal? Uh, you got and you got Jackson, our defensive back, who had a pick six, and then we didn't play him uh, the rest of the first half. Uh, he's already evidently talking to Prime about you know trying to transfer out. Um, but what other guys are, are going to hit the portal? Um, you know, we're really at a uh, there's a fork in the road coming, and something's got to change. And Houston's loyalties to Donnie um, are going to come back to bite him. And I know that I've I've said that. 
the last three years, every week that I call, but somebody in the organization has to see that. Mike has to see it, and I don't know if he's holding it for a last-ditch effort um, you know, to play that card last, and that buys him another year or two, but time's running out. Got to make something happen. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. All right, Zach. Thanks for the call. 317-1250. We'll hit one more before we take a break. Let's go to Brooks in New York. Hey, Brooks. Hey, Cliff. Good to hear your voice. Thanks for doing a great watch-along with all the guys again. I really appreciate it. It makes me feel like I'm still in North Carolina watching all the way up in New York. Um, I thought that it was very admirable of Blake Harrell to match the same amount of points that Donnie Kirkpatrick scored today with 14. Uh, Really big for his side of the ball, knowing that he's going to have to do all the heavy lifting uh, for the entire rest of the season just to make this season watchable, in my opinion. Uh, My roommate texted me this stat, so I'll just go ahead and read it off for everybody. Uh, 15th time in program history that ECU began the year 0-3, first time since 2017, and none of those seasons did ECU turn out with a winning record. So hopefully they can uh, reverse that luck, like uh, Billy just said, about turning it around in the NBA series down 0-3. But, you know, who knows uh, what we're going to find out. Um, I have a question about the recruiting process of these transfer like wide receivers. Um, if they just don't have tape in games like catching the ball, are they just getting? Are we just getting practice film for these guys? We're like, oh, they caught the ball in practice, like against second team or third team kind of stuff. Because unfortunately, through three games, I've never seen so many drop passes by EC receivers. And I know we don't have the home run hitter like Justin Hardy, Zay Jones, Dwayne Harris. You know, C.J. Johnson, everything like that. But maybe sometimes you need like an Andrew Bodenheimer or a, oh, let's see, like a Bryce Williams, you know, consistently can just make catches, not going to, you know, put three touchdowns up on the board, you know, every other week, something like that. But uh, that's my thoughts on the offense so far this year and the supporting cast. All right, Brooks. Thanks, man. And and Jason, you're kind of going down the roster like, all right, what if these guys aren't getting it done, what else do we have on this roster as far as receiver? And um you guys both you guys have been pretty big on our, the supporting cast. It's gotta gotta help out these quarterbacks and we have not had that help. We've seen a ton of drops through uh three games. Yes, we have. I mean, and that's uh <clears throat> you know, that's uh a, a situation that is killing drives. I mean, you know, drop balls and all that stuff does not help to keep us on schedule. You know, that's something that was preached to to us when you know since I was a player here, and I, and I preach it as a coach. You know, you can't drop balls. Drop balls kills drives, and um, you got to catch them. I don't. I don't care. They touch your hand. Find a way. You yeah. got to have an expectation level, and you got to be able to push those guys to get to that expectation level. That means if I have to keep you out here to catch a thousand balls off this jugs machine, I will do it. But at the end of the day, we got to be productive. And right now, and, and you know, I went through. I looked at the roster just because I'm saying, like, well, man. I mean, as a coach, I know if I got better players. I'm going to put them out there in the game. So I don't know if these guys that are on the roster, are they better players? Because obviously they haven't shown what they need to show throughout camp and all this stuff to get bumped up the roster. So uh, I, I don't know, Clip. I don't know what the answer is there um, as far as do we have more guys that can make plays. I would have thought by now if we did, we'd put them out there. Yeah. 
All right, 317-1250. Let's take a break. Evan, Clint, Jackson, Charlie, hang on. We'll get to your calls. We'll have more for you on the U.S. Sailor Fifth Quarter Call-In Show. Good news, we do have Wings Over Greenville in the back, and uh, they will deliver right to your door so you can enjoy Florida, Tennessee, some football tonight, some NFL on Sunday, Wings Over Greenville, great fries, great tots, awesome wings, uh, traditional and the giant tenders. Wings over Greenville. Check them out. They'll be open for lunch beginning in October. All right, 317-1250. Back with more of your calls after this. You're listening to the U.S. Cellular fifth quarter postgame call-in show. Here's Clip Brock. Now, with the Pirate Radio scoreboard, here's Shirley Rhodes. All right, let's run down some of the finals from earlier today. Duke beat Northwestern 38-14. NC State didn't have a problem with VMI. They went at 45-7. Wake Forest rallied and uh, beat Old Dominion 27-24. Florida State survived Boston College 31-29. And Rutgers beat Virginia Tech 35-16. Games going on right now. Alabama struggling against South Florida. They only lead by a touchdown. Touchdown 10 to 3 is that score with under 12 minutes to go in the game. Iowa leads Western Michigan 31 to 10. It is Texas AM all over UL Monroe 37 to 3. Ohio State dropping a 60 burger on Western Kentucky. 63 to 10 is that score. Five and a half minutes to go in that game. Eighth ranked Washington not having a problem with Michigan State. 35 nothing is that score. Washington State leads Northern Colorado 50 to seven and a quick ECU volleyball note uh, ECU volleyball beat Virginia Tech handing them their first loss in volleyball for this season in five sets and the Pirates win the Virginia Tech Classic and that is a look at your Buccaneer Music Hall scoreboard brought to you by the Buck is your beacon of music in the land of the Pirates and hey Sunday fun day is tomorrow you can watch all of your favorite games at the Buck on the largest 4K TV in eastern North Carolina along with 18 big screen TVs and the premier security as Top well. Top flight security. Top flight security. See and be seen at the Buck. Now let's head back in to the U.S. Cellular fifth quarter postgame college show. Whoa. Here's Clip Brock. I ran out of breath. I ran out of breath. <laughs> ran out of oxygen right there. <laughs> so ECU knocking off Virginia Tech in volleyball? Is that yes, right? Virginia right. Tech had not hey. lost a uh, match, lost. and uh, they walk away winners of the Virginia Tech Classic. Yeah, awesome. We're only taking calls on that on this show. <laughs> <laughs> All right. season. Uh, you got time for a 15 second sound bite here? This is Coach uh, yeah. uh, after the after the game. All right. Tough Come loss. Um, very right. good football team we faced. Um, thought uh, I thought the kids came out. I mean, played really really hard. And I thought you know the way we started the game, our mindset. You know, we were ready to play. I thought we came out playing very physical. Um, you know, Appalachian did too. It's- just a little cut yeah, there of the open there. All right, 317-1250. Evan, Clint, Jackson, hang on. Let's go to Charlie in Pittsburgh. Charlie, is this, I think it's your first call of the year. How you doing, man? I'm doing good. I wish I was talking to you under better circumstances, but it's good to be talking to you nonetheless. Um, you know, obviously, there's some you know, obviously positive and negatives to take away from this game. I mean, um, to be honest with you, I kind of had a a pit in my stomach all week thinking about this game. Um, I was afraid we were going to go up there and get absolutely boat raced. 
And uh, that didn't happen. Um, you know, especially in the first half, we really held our own. The boys uh, fought well. Um, and, you know, I, I was happy Flynn got the start. I thought he was fun to watch. I mean, just despite the three interceptions, I mean, it was fun watching him sling the ball around. And I think he's got potential. He just he, he hadn't had a lot of experience. Unfortunately, we don't have anybody who does have a lot of experience. So, um, But there's, you know, there's some things to clean up on offense for sure. I mean, if you take away the two defensive touchdowns, that score looks a lot different, and then it feel and it it would feel like a boat race if that was the uh, that was the outcome. So, yeah, I heard Logan on the radio talking um, yesterday, and he was talking about how when Gerard first got into the program, how they really had to reexamine the offense and say, what changes have we got to make to make this offense work for this guy? And that may be a little bit of what's going on here, you know, with the added dimension of we're not quite sure who's our guy. Um, I mean, obviously, after today, I feel like. I feel like Flynn's the front runner now. I mean, I think you know, despite his lack of experience, that was a gutsy performance. I feel like in front of a really hostile road crowd, um, so it certainly went better than it could have. But you know, at the end of the day, just like the second chair trumpet player in the middle school band, we got to play better, <laughs> and uh, we still got a lot of season left. And now's the point in the season where I feel like we have a choice either to kind of get our heads screwed on straight and figure something out and scrape out a decent season, or this thing could go off the rails and we could be talking about an awful season. Um, so it's a lot of question marks, but uh, it wasn't quite as bad as I thought it was going to be today. So, anyway, shout out to uh, Carolina Roller Derby and Apex uh, and they're about tonight. Good luck to them, and uh, as always, appreciate y'all. what y'all do. Go Pirates. All right. Thank you, Charlie. Did you say Roller Derby? Oh, yeah. I didn't even know that was still around. <laughs> How <laughs> cool was, was that? <laughs> that guy was definitely that middle school. <laughs> it's what? They wear the inline skates now to do Roller Derby. Oh, is that right? Oh, I'm man. just playing. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, I thought Kinston, Kinston used to have a roller derby. I don't know if they still do or not. But I, I was very I used to watch that. I used to watch that on TV. Saturday fabulous fabulous Thunderbirds. Yes. Yeah. 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 I watched it too. Man. Hey, we're dating ourselves memories. right now. I know. Oh, dating ourselves we're right totally, now. totally you dating ourselves right now. Oh, yeah. I used to watch that in wrestling, man. That was yeah. that was it. That was it. So, so Billy so confirming he is a redneck right here on the show. Have you met me? How many NASCAR races have I been to? I'm in the NASCAR, wrestling, <laughs> roller derby. I throw back a, a Budweiser, not a, not a Bud Light. Do you, do, you, do you watch bass fishing? Uh, no, that, I, that I don't do. Do you okay. listen to a scanner? I have. All right. <laughs> Confirm. All right, we're only taking calls on volleyball and roller derby tonight. But, wow. uh, and only one time have I described what the tornado did through the trailer park. <laughs> <laughs> All right, have you seen a UFO and talked about that on news TV? There and are did you, you do there, so there with Alice shirt on? <laughs> yes, yes. 317-1250, Jackson's up in Greenville. You sure about that? Hey, Jackson. What's going on, guys? What's up? All right, well, my takeaway from the game today is I could really get a Madden playbook and call better plays than Kirkpatrick did today. Do you all have the the stats on the first down rushing stats? You know, we were talking about that. You talking about what percentage they are running versus throwing on first down? Yeah, and that, and what's the, do you all have the net yardage on that? No, not in front of me. I can tell you it's not good. Yeah, I, mean, I like Maybe one yard a carry because we had some negatives. We had some twos, about a yard, I would think. Yeah, it, it was bad, and I, I, there's uh, the play calling has been bad. I think Houston and Kirkpatrick are the, in my opinion, the reason the season's kind of gone the way it is. When looking at the schedule preseason, I thought we were at least going to split between Marshall and App, but 
both those performances were a bit bad. Houston got outscored 27-7 to in the second half. I mean, I feel like App made adjustments that we didn't, and ultimately that's why they blew it open in the second half. Um, we, I mean, we've got to be better. The receivers have to be better. Quarterbacks, obviously, we haven't developed them in the portal. Or in, in, since they've gotten here, we didn't get it out anyone in the portal. I mean, I, I see this team being three wins max. I mean, maybe maybe we can pull one off against Rice or SMU, but other than that, it looks like the season's kind of a throwaway, and we're going to have to figure some things out. All right. Jackson is in shambles right now, not liking what he sees. Well, I'm telling this. Rice beat Houston early in the year, didn't they? Yeah. <laughs> so. yeah. Well, going back to what Cameron said earlier, one of the first callers that we had, that you know, he said something about, you know, there, there's not a gimme um with Gardner Webb I mean that, right. we're, we're not we're not guaranteed to beat Gardner Webb that program we're not guaranteed to beat anybody on the schedule right now nobody until you show that you can go out there and be consistent not make mistakes and win a ball game everybody on this schedule can beat you I don't care who it is As that is the truth and that and that's what we're facing right now mm-hmm. you know it's we, we could we go we can lose a lot of games oh yeah North right. Carolina A and T came in here and showed that yeah, no a few doubt. years back. Gardner Webb could do the same thing. I'm sorry, Clip. No, you're good. Three one seven twelve fifty. Clint and Clinton. This sounds fake, so I'm on high alert for this one. Is there really a guy named Clint and Clinton? Hello, Clint. Uh, yes, there is actually a guy in Clinton named Clinton. And first of all, let me say thank you guys for all you do to cover ECU athletics and give us an opportunity to vent as couch quarterbacks and coaches um, in defeat and victory. And secondly, um, I work for ECU football in undergrad, so I'll never throw a student athlete under the bus because I know the rigor that goes into their schedule and the product they put on the field, and so they are doing all that they can do. And I will take a little different path than the callers that have called in before me, and I will say I want to give thanks to Coach Houston and Blake Harold and Donnie Kay in that I am from Clinton, so I drive into the games on Saturday, and so I would like to thank them for decreasing the traffic, concession stand weight, and bathroom lines. <laughs> I knew something was knew coming that, in yeah. there. Where's the hook? <laughs> Where's the hook? There it is. Uh, uh, go Pirates and go women's volleyball. <laughs> Thanks, Clint. When you got to go, you have no problem going. <laughs> hey, I'm right. excited. I'm calling some women's uh, volleyball games later this year, doing the PA, PA actions. Yes. Those are fun. Yeah, I'm excited now. Okay. Uh, let's go Pirates. 317-1250. Uh, let's get one more in before we take a break. Evan is up in Wattville. Hey, Evan. Hey, so first of all, I'll start out with how about them volleyball girls? Yeah, let's go. Yes. All right. <laughs> Damn the Hokies. All right. Sorry. Um, so I'd like to start off with, I mean, I know everybody's been talking about the offense play calling, but at a certain point, we can uh, call a spade a spade. Donnie Kirkpatrick has had terrible play call choices on first down ever since the whole Naylor's took over. Like it, that's been, there's a reason why everybody calls in and keeps beating a dead horse like that. I mean, I don't know how many times I sat here, me as Joe Blow, just watching a couch quarterback and called first play, run halfback draw right in the middle, second play, bubble screen to the left, and we're looking at third and nine with an inexperienced quarterback, and then everything just blows up in our face. So that's first. So we need to start calling the spade. Y'all need to start calling the spade a spade. I go need to start calling the spade a spade and holding Kirkpatrick accountable for what we're doing. Mike Houston, he he's righted the ship. 
But at a certain point, he needs to start holding his guys accountable as well. I know DK is his guy. He's been with him at James Madison. But at a certain point, it's, it's affecting his job security. So I'd like to just lob that up to y'all in the media, higher radio, ACC, all of y'all. Y'all need to start bringing that up more. I know y'all, there's relationships, whatever. Move on. Second thing, uh, number five, the wide receiver. He needs to be more involved in the offense because he was the only shining star out of the wide receivers that did anything today. Jalen Johnson had a great year last year. I don't know if Holden had a lot to do with that, but he looked really good today. Rajay, he's not the same. He is not the same running back that he was last year. I know, I mean, he's just not the same running back that he has been before. Davius Bond, we're trying to force feed him to act like he's Keaton Mitchell. He's not that yet. Do I think that he could be that down the road? Maybe, but right now he is not that. Marlon Gunn, I guess we just gave up hope on him. We just don't give him those touches anymore. I mean, we give him that that guaranteed Donny Kirkpatrick handoff right up the middle. Yeah, that's not what happened to Marlon Gunn. Like, why is he – did he go to third string? Is Javius Bond that much better than him? I don't know. The defense looked great. Blake Harrell, he, he's probably going to leave next year because somebody's going to realize this team is – their defense is pretty pretty good. They give up big plays, but Blake Harrell schemes that he comes out every week, and for the first two, three quarters, it works. I don't know. But, I mean, I'm just disappointed. I appreciate y'all's time. Go Pirates. All right. Good call, Evan. He had his, point, his bullet points and hit them all. So, good. that's how you do it, no matter what you have to say. That's a good template to go by. Uh, well, you know, something I hadn't thought about either, too, is that, um, you know, there's that's not out of the realm of possibility for somebody to come and offer Blake Harrell a job somewhere else. And if that were to happen, that would be a huge loss for East Carolina. And that's not out of the realm of possibility. At some point, it's going to happen because the defense has been playing well, yeah. you know, yeah. and in and, and this profession, you know, guys are going to look up guys and say, man, this guy's been able to do a good job with with less. Right. So imagine if we give him if more. we give him what we've got over here. No doubt. Absolutely. My thought on the whole Donnie thing, I feel like we've talked about this before, but like, is Mike Houston happy with the way he's calling plays? Is, is it him telling Donnie what to call? Because you would think if he wasn't happy, we might see some some changes and different stuff. I, I feel like he's kind of happy with what they're calling right now. That, that's my personal <laughs> opinion. Do you think he's up? Do you think he would like to have a a different coordinator running an entirely different offense? I feel like if that was the case, he would have gone to that by now. Yeah, but I don't know. Well, you know, like what what do you want to run? I mean, I, I don't know. Um, when when I look at what we're doing here, it, it's not what we're running. Sometimes it's when we're calling things. We're too we're too obvious on certain mm-hmm. things. You know, you gotta you gotta run the ball when they think you're gonna pass. It. You gotta pass it when you think they're gonna gonna run it. You gotta mix it up and. Um, you know, we saw something today we talked about. They threw a bubble screen out there. I know sometimes people don't like when you throw the bubble screen out there, especially if it doesn't pick up big yards. But but let's face it, the bubble screen is not meant to pick up a lot of yardage. It only happens if somebody misses a tackle or yep. something like that. But you got to block it well. And there was some instances out there There was today. one where a receiver, 88, had yeah. c- completely, completely missed, missed a block on a bubble screen that was set up with, three, with trips to the left that should have picked up five, six yards Easily. easily 
easily. easily. And, 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 and it and didn't happen. And, and it didn't happen. And we, we talked about that. And I was like, so we can get on Donnie, which, you know, I get it. Everybody is on Donnie. But we got to execute, too. Yeah. Because there was another play we were talking about where the same thing happened. We called a play, and, and, and I forget it right now, but it's the execution of the play, too. It was and, a sweep. The speed sweep. Yeah. You're talking about? Yeah. With, uh, oh, yeah. It, was, it wasn't, blocks, it wasn't yeah. block work. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and so uh, until we get everybody executing on the same page, I mean, you know, that's just demanding what you want to get out of your offense out there on the practice fields. And, and I don't know. I mean, it's, it's just not happening when we get into the game. All right, 317-1250, Pace, Cheezle, Zach, John. We'll get to you when we return. Lines locked and loaded, as they will be for a while here on the U.S. Sailor Fifth Quarter Call-In Show. Got about 200 and, my math's not great, 80-some, 70-some more people watching than we have likes on YouTube. So if you could do us a solid, hit the thumb, hit the like, subscribe. We'd appreciate it. We are here with you each uh, and every Saturday before and after the game on the uh, Bud Light pregame tailgate and U.S. Sailor fifth quarter call-in show. More to go after this. You're listening to the U.S. Cellular fifth quarter postgame call-in show. Here's Clip Brock. All right, back with you, 317-1250 is the number on the u.s sailor fifth quarter call-in show we got a touchdown and a missed extra point in gainesville so it is tennessee seven and florida six as they play right now in the swamp 410 left to go in the first quarter all right wings over greenville i figured i hadn't ate enough today so i'm gonna eat some wings mm, they smell good man they are very good seven five eight nine four six four seven five eight wing give them a call they will deliver right to your door got the uh the tenders and the tots going right now here inside the pirate radio studios all right b pays chisel zach hang on let's go to john in greenville hey john hey what's going on y'all um this call is for marcus because i want your expertise man because app state reminds me of us in the 90s they are beating quote unquote better teams having competitive games with better teams with a better scheme. The first three games of our season, the first play has been Rajay up the middle for two yards. That seems to just be a pattern throughout the entire game. Our offense is predictable. It seems like we run, want to run the ball up the middle, but we don't stretch the field vertically. We just run at stacked boxes. I think if you're at East Carolina, and Marcus, you probably know better than me, if you want to pound the ball, you got to stretch the field vertically and get men out of the box. That's just what I see when I watch, and I'm no professional, so Marcus, I'll let you take it from here, and I want to hear what you have to say. Thanks, John. Thank you for everything you do, and thanks, Marcus. You're a legend. All right, Marcus. John, thank you very much, man. And, um, man, you, you hit the nail on the head there in regards to um, first down. We've been talking about it for quite some time since the first game. Uh, and for me, to start the season off, I, my mentality would have been different. And, um in regards to how we're going to be, what we're going to be on the offensive side of the ball, and that going against Michigan, uh, I think that set the tone for. I, I we had a chance to set the tone for what the season was going to be like, and and I, I would have thrown the football there to let our offense uh, quarterbacks and receivers know that hey, 
we're going to go and try and win this game. Uh, we're not going to play into the hands of the strength of the defense. All right, we're going to make them uh, play honest coverage and all those good things and give our ch- give our guys a chance to win the football game. And so, uh, when when you just do that, when you hand the ball off, you one you're doing a lot of different things. You're, you're you're putting the quarterback in a bad situation in regards to you are getting that one yard, and we're getting in long uh, down in situations. Um, and so uh, it, it's difficult. It dif- it's difficult when you have a young group, offensive line inexperience quarterback inexperience and then receivers you know they they had the experience but you know it's 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 an entirely different team it's an entirely different team so i think you have to change the mindset i i do think that you have to uh get the ball out on the on the perimeter uh throw the ball and and i'm not just talking about bubble screens and all of that i'm talking about throwing the ball uh quick game there's lots of different ways to yeah. throw the ball down the field and we've been very effective effective uh, with the quick game and throwing the quick slants, slants yeah, have been absolutely. working. And, uh, and and you see different guys. You saw uh, Calhoun catch a slant mm-hmm. today as well. And so it's just uh, putting guys in position to make those plays. Well, when you watch that, though, <clears throat> those slants we threw was actually off of RPO action. Yeah. It wasn't necessarily quick game. Right. But you're right. But if, I, if I call you, that the same. Yeah. I call it the same because you're I, right. I coach yeah, if, if you're if you're If the quarterback is getting the ball out of his that's hands right. 1.2, 1.3 seconds or whatever, that's quick, quick game. Yeah. It's quick well, game. well, it is. But yeah. now, I don't know if you watch it. When you RPO, there's a defensive end that you don't That's true. That's and true. So now your quarterback Because you're watching the DN whether he crashes down. Absolutely. Whereas if I go quick game, that DN is not hitting my quarterback. We're going to cut him. Yeah. Right? Because now i got my line firing off and cutting those guys, which to me sets a a, a tempo in your offense about being aggressive. Mm-hmm. We use quick game to cut guys, to slow down the rush, okay? And quick game also does this for you. We also had the mentality of we're going to use the pass to set up the run. That's right. And I, that's and, I've been preaching that from day one. And the way you do that is not vertically. You do it by stretching the field horizontally yep. too because now we got to make Space. guys declare where you're at. Are you going to guard the box or are you going to go out here and guard the field? Mm-hmm. If you guard the field, it makes the box lighter for the linemen to where they can block people. Yep. If you go in here and you take up the box, then we'll throw it out to the field because now we got space to catch and throw and go run with the ball. So you do have to do those things. If you're going to hand it off all the time, you got to be a play action team. You got to be able to fake it and go out and boot and play action. Or what, why are you doing it if you're not yeah, going to effectively, right. you know, suck guys up to be able to get the ball behind them? I mean, so, you know, we can sit up here. That's what I get frustrated about because there's a oh, lot man. more about this that we can oh, be better absolutely. at. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And, and just to go on your point about the, uh, the, the defensive end being free, you got to no, understand what you have. And we've talked about this. Like I last year, I was just in a position where I told you we let the defensive end free, didn't have a quarterback to get outside. So I coached those guys up. To say, hey, if you're going to hold on to that ball, you better get rid of it because you know you're going to get hit, right? And just coach them up on the, the looks uh, and seeing things change at the snap, all those good things in, in regards to uh, being successful out there on the field. And it's, uh, it, it takes time, uh, but you do have to harp on those things and be on the same page. 317-1250, the number. We go next to Zach in Wilmington. Hey, Zach. Uh, how y'all doing? All right. I is the offensive line really as bad as it looks? Because, I mean, it looks like a Scotty Montgomery offensive line. I mean, it stinks. Like, Flynn has zero time to do anything. For, like, a quarter, he didn't look bad, but he just has been. In, like, that third quarter, he just dropped off, kept throwing interceptions. After the third one, I just lost it. I just gave up. But, I mean, defense was decent, but 
is the offensive line really that bad? And I just want to hear what you guys say because you guys are a lot closer. Because, I mean, it looks like a Scotty Montgomery offensive line. This is a uh, piece together offensive line after you lose Strother. Four uh, guys. After you lose Avery Jones, uh, Noah Henderson, and I don't know the fourth yeah, off the top of my head. There's a fourth one, yeah. Um, and you bring in some transfers. You you bring in guys that were were younger a year ago, and and you didn't you don't have a lot of experience on it. Um, yeah, I mean it's not one of the most well put together offensive lines in the country. That has always been. East Carolina's never had the best no. offensive line. No. You kind of work around it. You do other things, right? You have to play you to your make personnel. Them look good, man. You yeah, make that's them right. Look good, that's right. Somehow, some way, you got to put your players in the best positions to win. Yeah, and and I don't think we're East not going to have a road grading Big Ten offensive line. No, in no. And we talked about that. You know, that's the thing at East Carolina. You're not going to line up like you know. We had talked about this in the break, and I had mentioned that. You know, Mike Houston's coming from a place at JMU where he could line up against opponents at JMU and say, I'm going to run the football. We're going to do what we do. We don't care what you do, what you scheme up. Stop us. We are bigger, faster, and stronger. We're better than you. That's not the case at East Carolina. They don't have the athletes to do that right now. It's, it's, you know, even, you know, I don't know if we've ever been where you're going to be a road grading team. Uh, you 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 do run the ball and, and and you run it different ways to to help the uh, offense be productive. But to say that we want to just sit here and you know I, I haven't seen us run power or anything this year, which is smart because we're we're not a power football right. team. Um, but I mean, here's the thing about a power team though when you when you think about power like traditional power, you're getting you're actually getting double teams. True. Yeah, you're getting, getting two tight so ends. You're not just going man on man. You're getting yeah, but, double but, teams and but what I, what I mean, and then I get it. You're going to double team to the backside backer. Going to pull the backside guard for the play side backer. I get that. But what I'm saying is, we're not that type of team. It takes athleticism to pull those guards right, to come around right. and block. You know, so yeah, counter. We've done a little bit of counter. We did some counter stuff uh, in the game last week with uh, Mason when we were at yes. home. That was that was good. It changes gaps. You're, you're trying to change gaps and, and, and create gaps uh, in your run game. But um, we're just not a knock you off the ball. We're, we're not built that way. Yeah. We, and, and that's why you have to have the multiple runs. No doubt. Right? You got to have the. You got to mix it up. You, you got to mix it up. You got to run the inside zone because that's still got to be a part of your game yep. or your game plan. You still got to be able to run the ball in between the tackles and all of that. But. You got to have those schemes where you are. I, I don't care if those guys haven't shown to be athletic. We got to do something to change it up. Yep. You know, yeah. you got to do it just to change it up. And so, uh, if we can do that, <clears throat> right, it keeps those guys thinking a little bit more as opposed to uh, being predictable. You're, yeah. you're predictable. We're predictable on first down. And that's what John yeah. was talking about. We're, we're predictable. Teams are going to line up. We're going to stop. They're going to stop us on first down, second and 10. Well, what they're going to do 11, is they're going to get in, 15. They're going to get into the run defense because they're sent on first down. That's this right. is what's coming so it don't matter what run you run at that point in time they're going to put they're going to fill the gaps and they're going to have a run stunt called so when you run the ball they got everybody in a gap absolutely that's why play action has to be big 317-1250 we go next up to ocean city and talk to cheesel what's up cheesel yo ho yo ho a pirate's life for me put the plank out boys i'm telling you what it's time to walk First of all, Philly, let me ask you a question. Why on God's name of earth did Flynn play today? Was was Mike in his fields that he wanted to come back to town? You know, the Asheville kid, he wants him to go up and have a chance to play in front of his friends and family. And 
for the best prospect he's ever recruited in the position, a a four-star quarterback coming out of South Carolina. But we're going to go ahead and play it. Flynn, I I would love to know what the thought process is behind that. So is there a joke so, in here? So what, are you, what are you asking? <laughs> Where's the joke? I missed it. Uh, I think he's been and honest in regards. To yeah, he's his, his, and he's his breaking opinion. up. The, the call is breaking his, up, so his I can't. Opinion. I can't. He's a good caller and usually is smart. Uh, is he really that dumb? I think he's joking. I hope he's joking. And he, it was breaking up, so I didn't catch half of the the question. All right, Chisel, get a better phone. Three one seven twelve fifty. Be I'm Pace. sorry, but Flynn, Flynn to me is don't a even answer that question. If that if that's what you're asking, <laughs> B Pays is up in Raleigh. He's hey, Pays. Stars. Hey man, so listen. Uh, Mike Houston should drive to the Pirate Radio Studios after you know when they get back. If you are probably still be doing a show by then, like two in the morning, and he needs to beg Jason Nichols and Marcus Crandall to join his staff. I mean, beg them. I mean, give. Nichols, what you want in your NIL? <laughs> Crandall, what, I'm like, Mark, see what you want. I mean, you know, I mean, Mark, I remember I used to take you to Miami Subs. Back <laughs> if they brought back <laughs> Miami Subs, would you go join the staff? Do we need to build a Miami Subs? That was the spot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was. Oh, that's oh man. 10 swing at 2.30 in the morning with Treat You Right. Mm. Yes, sir. Pays, honestly, the last time I think I was at Miami Subs was like halftime of the uh, or third quarter of that Virginia Tech ECU uh, Thursday night game when Vic came here Ooh. and it got ugly. Yeah. And I, I bounced out of there and went to Miami Subs. I think it's the last time I've ever been there. Oh, that was, a, that was an incredible play. Um, I mean, listen, at the end of the day, they've had five years to develop. They, you know, in this industry they're in, they knew Holton Ailes was going to graduate. They've had a time to evaluate the quarterback and to either, you know, that is the guy or go to the transfer portal and get someone. And they have they have failed tremendously on that. I mean, every – even as, as, the Skip Holtz teams that were – you know, defensive-minded. I mean, Patrick and Cavs gave you enough to win ball games. We don't have that right now. And you know, Mike, listen. You know, I think, I think, I think, I think Mike Houston can coach football, but I think his stubbornness at the end of the day is going to be the the death of his of his coaching career because I just don't think he. He's not going. We're not. You can't. We're not a team to line the ball. You, you talk about the offensive line. Yeah, Russ' offensive lines weren't great, but you know what? Carden was getting the ball out quick. They were. They they ran the offense around their strength, not to easy. And you try to pound the ball up the middle, up the middle, up the middle. Um, I mean, you know, it's it's not going to work for these guys. And you know, and, 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 and as much as Mike Houston. When he came in, he did change the thing. As much as he threw that former staff under the bus, as many times as he did, he did a lot of that in the press conferences. Guy, you're 0-3 right now, and the quarterback that you started today was not your recruit. He was not your guy. And Holton Aylers got better because he went to that Manning Patsy guy. Y'all haven't developed a quarterback yet in this in five years. And y'all got to figure, y'all have to figure that out this discipline the penalties 
I mean, what, how many penalties today? How many? 75 yards worth? 80, 80. It was 80. 10 for 80 at last check on the UB stat sheet. I mean, that is discipline. And you drilled that in, in, in this fan base's head that you were, this is going to be a disciplined team. They were going to do the right thing. This is going to be this, this, this. And we're not going to go back to where we were in 2017 and 2018. Well, guess what, Mike? You're, you're damn near getting close right now. So I appreciate it, fellas. Y'all have a great Mark C, we're going we're gonna to get you that uh, Miami Subs, baby. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Only the 90s Pirates can survive. <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> All right, B. Pays. Appreciate it, man. 317-1250. Steve, Lou, and Tim, hang on. We'll take a timeout. Come back. More of your calls on the U.S. Cellular fifth quarter call-in show. Back with you after this. You're listening to the U.S. Cellular fifth quarter postgame call-in show. Here's Clip Brock. Now with the Pirate Radio scoreboard, here's Shirley Rhodes. Well, in the words of uh, Ruffin McNeil, you went by one and back out of there. Alabama survives South Florida. They beat them 17-3. to uh, other games going on right now. Washington beating Michigan State 41 to nothing in the third quarter. It is Villanova uh, getting uh, pounded by UCF in the second quarter. 31 nothing is that score. Georgia State leading Charlotte at the half 20 to 10. It is uh, Cincinnati uh, leading Miami of Ohio 10 to 7. Nebraska has a 7-3 lead over Northern Illinois. North Texas leads Louisiana Tech 13-0 in the second quarter. It is SMU 21, Prairie View nothing. Oklahoma State trailing South Alabama right now 16-0 in the second quarter. And uh, Florida and Tennessee are playing down in the swamp. Tennessee has a one-point lead, 7-6. Uh, in that game. And that is a look at your Buccaneer Music Hall scoreboard brought to you by the Buck. Is your beacon of music in the land of the Pirates with live music seven days a week. And on Sundays is Sunday Fun Day. You can come and watch your favorite NFL teams at the Buck on the largest 4K TV in Eastern North Carolina along with 18 big screen TVs so you don't miss a game. And they do jersey giveaways on Sundays as well. Visit thebuccaneermusichall.com for a complete schedule of events this week and see and be seen at the Buck. Now let's head back in to the U.S. Cellular fifth quarter postgame call-in show. Here's your host, Clip Rock. 43-28 to in the final today. Score looks a little better thanks to two defensive touchdowns by East Carolina. A pick six and a scoop and score. But the Pirates drop to 0 and 3 on the season with the running Bulldogs of Gardner Webb coming up next Saturday. All right, uh, Kyle and LaGrange, hang on. Tim, Lou, hang on. Let's go to Steve in Raleigh. Hello, Steve. Clip, fellas, how are we doing tonight? Doing all right. Good, good. Uh, just a couple quick things. I think the first thing is my napkin math is in the second half of games so far this year, we're getting outscored 55 to 13. Mm. Only touchdown being a defensive score. And I, I just think that's really, really tough. I mean, I, the Michigan game is a Michigan game, but now we're starting to see a sample size of this team fading down in the second half. And I think that's probably one of the biggest, biggest things I think that would really help is just getting that momentum going. Um, 
going forward. It just seems like this team fades. Teams get used to or they know what's coming, especially with seem like the pressure really ramped up in the second half. They're the ones making the adjustments, not us. And then I think kind of the second thing is I know whenever, um, you know, during the Mo years, we used to have a lot of big picture conversations about this program. And I, I think it's kind of at the point now where we're thinking the same thing. You know, what is like, you got to hope that last year wasn't the peak for this kind of program now, you know, where you're going seven wins, winning a bowl game. That was awesome. But I think we we're all hoping to kind of take the next step and, um, you know, to see season ticket sales down year over year, you know, from a fan perspective, it seems like the momentum's been lost a little bit with the indoor facility. You know, I, I hope, you know, for our sake, this thing can get turned around this year. Cause I, you know, you don't want to kind of slide back with all the good work Mike and his crew did these first four years, but, uh, it's getting a little concerning, I think, at this point with the start we've had this year. Curious to hear y'all's thoughts on that. Uh, thanks. Yeah, good call, Steve. We've- well, I'll tell you what, Steve touched on the, the second half. I've got the second stat, second half stats here, and it's abysmal. I mean, it is a total domination by App State. 27-7 to 7 in the second half. App State... 253 total yards to 42 for East Carolina. ECU had negative five rushing yards in the second half as opposed to 114 for App State. Penalties, of course, 30 yards of penalties. App State had one penalty for five yards in that second half. They were 60 or 75% on third down. App State was six of eight. ECU one of five. I mean, you just go down the list. Turnovers, of course, in favor of App State. That second half was abysmal. Not to let the defense off the hook here. They're responsible for part of that, too. But how many three and outs are in there? How many times did we go out there on offense, punt the ball immediately, put the defense right back out on the field? I mean, we saw that today. I feel like we saw that last week, too, against Marshall. And that is not helping those guys out on that side of the ball. Yeah, well, there were two punts in the second half um, for East Carolina, but there were also two turnovers too. Turnovers so, yeah. between the turnovers and going three and out. Yeah, it's it's you know you put your defense in the It's discouraging for the defense, yeah, right? It when is. they when they see it over and over and over again, it's like um, it comes to a point of you know what what's next right <laughs> what's what, going to happen next it's right? like we so. we're doing whatever you know what else do you want us to do we're doing what we can you got to help us out here and it's not happening yeah. all right <clears throat> and made uh some other good points as well and i can't remember what i was going to say so i'm going to go to the next call <laughs> 317-1250 lou is up in dc hello lou hey how's it going this is lou uh, i actually live in north dakota these days but uh, third generation pirate. Um, so very proud of the school and just everything that's been going on. Like the direction we've kind of taken over the last few years with Houston. I just want to kind of get off my chest. I think over the last week, at least Houston's, uh, like just kind of interactions with the media and like how he pertains to the fan group. Uh, I don't know if he's really like sticking or trying to alienate the fan groups, like where it's the team and him against like ECU fans and everybody, but I think, you know, like we're frustrated as a fan group and we have a right to be. And I think he needs to do a little bit better job kind of just uh, handling that slash, you know, giving us a reason to be excited for this week coming up against uh, Gardner-Webb. So, I got All right. Yeah, I mean, Mike Houston does kind of take uh, him and his team, him against the world kind of view sometimes. I mean, this week he had and – and I agree with him too. He's, you know, if – he said, if you are hitting the panic button now, that says more about you than it does us because he can't tell his guys in the locker room, hey, 
panic time, guys. We're 0-2. Time to panic. No, he's got to keep them together. And I do think, though, sometimes he does kind of uh, nip at the fans uh, a little bit. It's interesting to see, and I'm interested to to see his uh, his temper when uh, and his mood this Tuesday and not Wednesday be when good. we talk to him. It's yeah. not going to be good. Does he double down on it? Does he ease off on it? I don't know. Well, and I think it goes back to what one of the callers said earlier, and I think this goes a little bit. This is this could be said a little bit about just about every head coach there is. They're set in their ways. It's it's hard to get a coach to change their mindset or to change what they do. Um, and 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 I think one of the callers had said, you know, Mike Houston's stubborn. But I think there's a lot of stubbornness to a lot of head coaches. Yeah, I think no it's, doubt. It's hard, and, it's and hard to get this, them out of that. Yeah, and I said this last week in regards to when you look at the, the good defensive coordinators and offensive coordinators, they're going to play the head coach, right, so yeah. to speak, in, in regards. And I think that's what we're seeing right now. They're, they're going to uh, – teams know that he's been that run-first type of guy, yeah. and that's what we have been, right, well, for the most part. And so, um, man. Predictable. That's well, let, 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 predictable. Let me tell you this, and it didn't work out for me um, in a good way, but I saw a guy who made a change last year. And it was uh, Coach Munkin up at Army. Mm-hmm. Triple option. Yeah. Ran the ball all the time, right? Yep. Right. Well, listen, he said, listen, uh, for a lot of reasons, but this is the one that he put out. The new rules prevented us from being able to run the triple option. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Cut blocks. They, 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 the cut blocks were <laughs> That's gone. right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you You're know what they went to? Oh, absolutely. Do, do you know and what they went to? Because that's their bread and butter. That yeah. was their bread and butter. Right. And yeah. trust me, I coached the slot Oh, backs. yeah. It was hard to go cut a two. Well, you couldn't cut them. You could. It's hard yes. to go take a 175 pound kid and tell them to go block a 260 right. some pound. That's the only way you could do it was cut block. That's right. Back in the day, that's all right. you could do. But yeah. last year, you had to stay up. Right. But they made the change. And it wasn't good at first. But that, last night they played a heck of a game. Yeah. So at some point in time, as a coach, you 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 got to be willing to change and adjust. The game changes, you yeah. know. And, and, and still, and your athletes like change. 16, and your athletes uh, change. Yeah. yeah, that's right. I, I think they still only threw the ball like seventeen times. Well, they, like that they, they, they but Army would throw it once. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I know. I get, I get what you're saying. But I'm, and it was I mean, balanced. They, they moved back into shotgun, and you think uh, they're going to throw the football? Like no, they, they, right, they still right. they still a heavy emphasis on run. They've changed what type of runs they're running right. they're not yeah. running triple option anymore but they they do sprinkle some of that in there when they get on sh- third and short because of the personnel that they got mm-hmm. but uh they change man and 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 to their credit he he, he got out of his comfort zone yeah. you know we all got to get out of our comfort zone sometime mm-hmm. to grow that's what life is about right here's the thing about um the triple option and the game today i'm gonna give you and you we've talked about this as well people Shotgun option or, or RPL, all it is is just the the triple option from from, from shotgun. That's all it is, really. Yeah. And uh, you're just giving the quarterback a different type of option in regards to throwing the football down the field. And, you know, before when you had that, you're going down the line of scrimmage and then you drop back and throw the football kind of deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's just different. It's a different way to get to the pass as opposed to being under center. Yeah. All right. Uh, good. But, but all I'm saying is they made the change and adjustment. Yeah. yeah. For the, yep. for the better. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. 317-1250. Tim is up next in Raleigh. Hey, Tim. Hey, fellas. How's it going? All right. There's no doubt everybody wants Coach Houston to be successful. Any coach that comes to the university, you, you want him to be successful. 
I, I just can't figure out for the life of me why you couldn't figure out why I couldn't find a quarterback in the portal. Uh, you know, you've seen coaches be stubborn, like you said, and that's that's a common trait with a lot of head coaches. But I wonder how many schools, after three games, has had one touchdown pass after the first three games. I mean, I mean that. I mean that is ridiculous. If if my math is right, I went back and looked at the box scores, and I think I think that it's only one touchdown pass in, in three games. Yeah, two yard touchdown I, last week. Yeah, so I th- yeah, I think I think that was the one uh, last week. And what three interceptions today? I, I just for the life of me can't can't figure that out. Um, you know, you want to be successful. Uh, I, I think we just got to find the right guy. You know, I called in. Uh, you know, a few years ago, um, I got laughed at. It's all right, but I said that I was sitting there looking at what North Carolina State was doing with Eli Drinkwitz. And he could recruit North Carolina. He got a bunch of North Carolina kids. Got Naheem Hines from Garner High School. Watched him play in high school. Um, you know, and recruiting North Carolina boys. He, you know, went on to App State, won the conference. Now he's sitting at, you know, Missouri in a turn, you know, watching on the television before, you know, our game today. And they hit a 61-yard field goal to beat number 15 Kansas State. And he's got like the number one or two recruit in the country coming next year from the defensive line. You know, this is supposed to be an elevation year for, for Houston. And uh, and it's a regression. I mean, it's, it's horrible. I just can't for the life of me figure it out. Uh, you know, I, we got to find the right guy. You want Houston to be successful. Uh, clearly, there's a lot of things going on in the locker room in the program. Uh, but the next hire has just – it's got to be somebody that can recruit the boys in North and South Carolina on this level. It can't be on the FCS level. Um, we need to go out there and find a really good coordinator. Um, I understand, you know, Mo. Yes, he was an ACC coordinator, but come on, Duke. Duke is not, you know, recruiting a bunch of local boys. They can recruit nationwide, and it's Duke. And they've, you know, anyways, they're better this year. But when Mo was there, but you got, we got to find the right guy. And I'm just sick and tired of watching this every week in and out. Uh, you know, for years now, last year was a little bit better, but I mean, relatively, over the past decade, it hasn't been anything. So I, I just I, I think it's time to move on. Whenever his contract is up, we can't fire him. But we just got to look for that right guy. And yeah, I mean, you know, might not want to go. Your argument to me years ago was we don't want another ACC coordinator. Might not want an ACC coordinator, but we got to find the right guy that can recruit at this level and get the players in here. That's all I got to say. All right. Well, Mike Houston's contract uh, is up after the 2026 season. So. Call us back in a few years. <laughs> and what did we talk about earlier in the break? Recruiting your state. Yeah. Remember, we talked about Texas. Yeah. They recruit their state. Yeah. Florida recruits their state. Back in the day when East Carolina was winning and they were doing really, really well, they recruited hard and heavy in the state of North Doesn't Carolina. Does recruit was, the state? Yeah, they recruit the state. I'm, I'm saying, but but there are, there are big recruits in the state that are going to other places that aren't coming to East Carolina. Well, uh, I'm going to say it from this point because I done sat in that chair and recruited kids at East Carolina. And I can tell you this, if they got an offer from an ACC school in East Carolina, forget it. Yep. Just going to tell you. Uh, What's making it tougher nowadays is now if you got an offer from East Carolina and App State. 
What do you, what happened? Right. Back in the mm-hmm. day, we won that battle. Good That's point. right now, what's going to happen? You get an offer and from Charlotte. East, Charlotte's uh, another that, one you put was, on there. That was the next name I was going to say. You get an offer from East Carolina and Charlotte. What do you do? Yeah, and that's that's why I'm hot about this. And, and so that's, that's why you, know, you got to win. <laughs> You're right. That's why we got to continue to win that's because right. you know I'm I, I'm pissed off. We lose to App State. I, I think mean, we're a better program. You, we done, you, we done did a lot. Yeah, but. But those battles are are sometimes, you know, people say get the right kids in here. Do you know where Jeff Blake's from? Florida. It's from Florida. Yeah. You know where Robert Jones's from? Yeah. You know where Chris Johnson's from? Florida. Just go find the right guys. Okay. Yeah. I don't care where they come from because you got to think about it now. We got, what, six D1 schools that's playing in this area, if I'm not correct, right? Between App State, uh, UNC Charlotte, North Carolina, NC State, Duke, us, Wake Forest. Yeah. Okay, that's a lot of people to bite off this state. Not even counting and, and not Virginia, even, Virginia, South Virginia Tech, yeah. Old yeah. Dominion. You know those teams that will dip down now. here. James mm-hmm. Madison. You you're in competition with a lot of people now yeah. to get that same product. So you got to be flexible to go and make sure that you can expand to go get guys. I have no knock about where they're getting guys from. You would love to stay in your backyard. I don't know if our backyard is big enough to get that done. When you talk about Florida and Texas and some, there's, those are a lot, there are a lot of people in those states too. Yeah. Yeah. You know? I mean, but to make up, to, uh, to talk about his point in regards to the bigger, the other, the bigger stars, the five stars or whatever going out elsewhere, we have to win these type of football games for those guys to stay here. To even consider I mean? staying yeah. here. I, I, I totally agree. Yes, absolutely. I, well, yeah. I think so if I, we're not winning those games, of course they're going to go. Yeah. Well, I don't even think it's the case for the four and five stars. I think those guys are going regardless. They're going. It's, it's the, the three, three stars. It's the three stars and that's, that we got. It's the two and three stars where, where East Carolina made a living on. We made a living on. And Billy, right. you know this. I mean, Todd Gurley, where did he go to school? Oh, yeah. Tarboro. But he, I mean, yeah, Tarboro High School. Order, the best players are going out of the state. That's right. 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 Going south. Yes. Most likely. Tarboro's got guys that have gone to Ohio State. They've there gone to Georgia. They've yeah. gone to Virginia Tech. All those places. Yeah. Not here. Now, they're, they're, this is when you recruit those type of kids. When they when you're coming out and you put that effort, you have to know how much time to put into that kid. That's yeah. right. Because you yeah, could be wasting sure. you're wasting your time when it's Ohio State, Georgia. Yep. But what you do is you recruit them hard enough that if it doesn't work out there. They got to. They feel comfortable with picking up the phone, Absolutely. calling you back, mm-hmm. and yeah. saying, "Hey, especially coach, now, right? The portal, especially now with the yeah. portal, and getting on them early to be the first one to offer because a lot of that sticks in the minds of a lot. I've talked to a lot of high school players, yes. and that first offer is always a big one, no doubt. because it's the very first one. Now they could get offered after that the Ohio States, the Texases, the Florida States, you name it, the big program. Yeah, but they always remember that one, and especially like you just said with the portal." They always remember come and coming home. No, no doubt. Yeah. Michelle uh, Michelle said, guys, wrap it up. We want to hear Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Bring fine. it on, Kyle. All right, Michelle. Michelle. Kyle is up in LaGrange. Hello, Kyle. Good on, guys. Michelle, I don't know who you are, but here I am. Hit me up on Facebook. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> shoot me a shot. Shoot me a shot. <laughs> uh, I, uh, <laughs> you always got to shoot your shot. Um, Hey, look, guys, I um, I said something last week, and I'll point it out again, and I, it's something that I keep thinking. Uh, Coach Houston had had two years at a little or three years at Little Ryan, two years at Citadel, three years at James Madison. He, he's never been through one, but through one true recruiting cycle. You know, this is his first time going through a second four-year recruiting cycle. Um, I don't think he built well for it. I really believe last year. 
he was going to he thought he was going to ride Holton and Keaton and all those guys to 10 11 wins and be in the ACC or SEC this year and I don't think he prepared well recruiting I don't think we worked the portal well we really didn't start working the portal hard until after spring uh, you, you to, to get the best players out the portal you need to be doing that during you know signing day period not not post spring because you're just taking what's left whoever knows they're not playing after spring ball we, we looked like we did find one good receiver doing that with uh, Sorrell or Sorrell, kid from Colorado, however you say his name. He looks like he's going to be pretty good. Several things are bothering me. Um, we couldn't run the ball today at all. Our line is bad. Uh, then maybe they'll get good as the season goes. Maybe they'll gel. I'm not saying they're not talented. They're not good right now. Um, they need to get good fast. Because we, we can throw the ball a little bit today, but absolutely no running game at all, which is very concerning. The penalties. You know what this is starting to remind me of a little bit, and um, I hate to say it, but with all the penalties we got, and you look at how well Houston's teams played the previous years, starting to remind me a little bit of Chuck Amato's last season, where Chuck started off great at NC State his first couple years, then progressively got worse in his last season. They were the most penalized team in college football, as we are right now. So it's starting to remind me a little bit of that. Um Collard said earlier that we couldn't fire Houston. Uh, bull crap. Uh, if, if, if somebody wants him gone bad enough, they'll figure out how to find him, how to fire him, rather. They'll figure out how to find him, too. Um, I, I'm not calling for any of that. Don't get me wrong. But I am very concerned. And you, you look at Gardner-Webb next week, man. I don't know if you guys have looked. Gardner-Webb has played four FBS programs the last two seasons, three this year, or three last year, one so far this year. They, Appalachian State scored with 45 to 24. Very similar to ours. Their score against Liberty last year. We all know how good Liberty was last year. They lost to Liberty twenty-one to twenty, uh, and then they um, they played Coastal. You remember we played Coastal in a bowl game. Gardner Webb played them to a thirty-one twenty-seven last game last year. So Gardner Webb's formal opponent, and people, you know, some people are bringing up. I've seen a lot of people on this is Scotty Montgomery bad. You know, I, I won't go so far to say that. And what's the point of throwing Montgomery under the bus at this point, but we lose the Gardner Webb next week and things can get out of hand. And this this football team, you know, I do think we have some talent on defense and we play hard on defense and we can force some turnovers and do some things on defense. But as somebody pointed out earlier, we run out of gas late in the ball game and we get frustrated because the offense is literally doing nothing. You had some hope in the first half, the way Flynn come out through and the, throwing the ball and ran it well in gold line situations with Rajay, but Besides in the red zone, we couldn't run the ball today at all. Um, so it went from not being able to pass the ball. And we weren't able to run the ball last week except with Mason. So I don't know what the hell you do. Um, we, we got a lot of things to fix on offense. Um, and the biggest thing we got to fix is the penalties. Because every penalty today was in a key situation. So you got to clean that crap up. Um, if we lose to Gardner-Webb next weekend, and I think it's entirely possible, as bad as that is to say, they were an FCS playoff team last year. I just went over all their scores against FBS opponents. If we lose to Gardner-Webb next year, this, it's going to get bad around here. It's going to get – you see a lot of people calling for him to get fired. and I think Houston can turn it around. I think he's going to have to make some changes on his staff, and he's going to have to really work that transfer portal hard during the offseason. But I think he can turn it around you know, next year. And I'm, I'm not writing off this year yet in terms of conference championships and bowl games, probably so. But I, I still think this team can improve and – by the end of the year, be winning some, some ball games. One thing we can't do is lose to Gardner Webb and Charlotte. Those are two games we got to win. That's all I got, guys. I ain't even fired up this week. Just disappointed.
go Pirates, and talk to y'all next week. All right, Kyle. A, a subdued uh, Kyle in the Grange. Yeah, Not, good call. You'll get a fired up Kyle if they do, if things don't go well next week. I can tell you that. But if things don't go well next week, there'll be an average of 15,000 fans for the rest of the home games. Yeah, I'm, I'm afraid it's going to be pretty. Uh, it's going to be, it's going to be pretty ugly this, this coming week. Yeah. Uh, and that, and Gardner Webb, by the way, I looked at it. They are like receiving the third most votes in the so they're like twenty eighth in the FCS right now. So they're borderline top twenty five in the FCS. I, we got to win the game, but they are going to be a formidable opponent. Wow. <clears throat> well, man, <laughs> <laughs> and this is where we are. I, I don't even have the words um, to truly say other than that we're worried about. Beating Gardner. Nah, it's sad, yeah. It's tough. That's, I mean, see, that, that, if, that's, we, if, if we were playing in that game, we were saying, okay, how long is it going to take for us to get our backups in the game? That was our goal Yeah, when we yeah. played the FCS mm-hmm. team. We want to get our guys who's practiced hard throughout the week in the ball game. Right. But, man, times are, are difficult at times, and mm-hmm. I get it, man. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. All right, Andy, Rod, Andrew, hang on. We're going to get to you next, 317-1250, as we roll on the U.S. Sailor fifth quarter call-in show. The Gators uh, putting it on Tennessee right now. I believe it's 19-7, to uh, that score, 20-7. to mm-hmm. uh, Right now in the Swamp. Also going on, yeah, 19-7. to Syracuse up 7-0 on Purdue. Ole Miss up 10-0 on Georgia Tech. A lot going on. We'll keep you up to date with all that. Pit 3, West Virginia nothing in the backyard brawl. More to go on the U.S. Sailor fifth quarter call-in show after this. You're listening to the U.S. Cellular fifth quarter postgame call-in show. Here's Clip Brock. All right, 317-1250, back with you. Jason, are you pointing that Wyoming leads Texas yes. in the first quarter? <laughs> yes, uh, How about them Cowboys? Seven to nothing. Wait, they say it's still, well, that clock's been wrong all day. They said it was 15 <laughs> minutes still yeah. in the game, so did they take the kickoff back? <laughs> Try to figure out what's going on there. And, well, they uh, still have to run at least a couple they, seconds off. A couple off seconds off, you're right. Yeah. All right, maybe seconds. that should have been 15 seconds yeah, yeah. or 15 minutes in the second. Uh, should have been a 1242, 12.42 left to go first quarter. Quarter, okay. Wyoming seven, that Texas clock. nothing. Yeah, the clock's there. You go. Yeah. All right, uh, Donna, Andy, and Rod. Hang on. Let's go to Andrew, who is up in Boone. Hey, Andrew. Andrew did not wait through the break. Sometimes you gotta be a little patient. Let's go to Rod in Wilmington next. Hey, Rod. Hey, fellas. Uh, good evening to you, uh, Shirley, and you guys tonight. Uh, yeah, it was a tough one to watch. Uh, we. we we got off pretty good generating some more offense and and, and dogged if same thing that been happening to us. Those penalties just killed it. And uh, you know, if we we could have stayed alive uh on those uh third down conversions, we could have stayed on the field a lot more and would have would have made a difference in the in the ball game. Uh could have got us down in field goal ranges, maybe a few more opportunities, it's, you know, uh you keep the offense on the on the field. Uh, that's that's a big part of the game. And you know, we scored twice on defense, but you know, usually you score on offense. So we we need to figure out a way to get rid of these penalties that are just uh, uh, killing us. Uh, and uh, you know, 
another thing we got to do is we got to get quarter, uh, we got pressure on these quarterbacks, uh, and we need to start doing it from right off the bat and throughout the game uh, as we go. Uh, what Jason said about setting up the run with the pass, uh, uh, you know, they could do that. But if you you get the pressure on them, I mean, we we got to pick six out of that because we we had we had pressure on them that time, and uh, um, you know, uh, but these penalties uh, made a big difference in, in every single game so far, and uh, we really got to we really got to do something about that. No doubt, Rod. Again, that is it's a head scratcher because ECU's been uh, pretty good with penalty wise under Mike Houston, but it is now it's more than a trend. Back to back weeks with double digit penalties. Last week we were over a hundred yards. At last check, we were at eighty today on the UB stat sheet. I don't know if we had any more after that, but uh, yeah, it is uh, killing the Pirates right now. Well, I think going into today they had two hundred yards in penalties in the first two games, so they were averaging a hundred yards of penalties, and they almost got to a hundred yards today. So when you're up in that territory, something needs to be done. But my question to you guys is, what do you do in practice to fix that? Well, let me tell you, this week Mike Houston was asked about it, and he gave the. There, you know, we have discussed them. We've taken care of them. We, you know, the discipline. We've disciplined them and all that. So I guess he's probably going to say the same thing. But back to Billy's question: What can you do about it on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, whatever? Accountability. I mean, what we would do is you you had a deal where, you know, you, you saw who who did the penalty offense on the offensive side or whatever defensive side whoever's getting the penalty. And you try to make them do accountabilities. And what that is is you do up-downs for those as a group. You circle the group up. My name's Jason Nichols. I had two penalties and da-da-da-da-da, and you had to do up-downs, you know. And so something as simple as that, um, just to reiterate that we can't do that. Now, places that we've done that at, typically you see the penalties go down when they know that, man, I'm, we're going to be running, we're going to be doing up-downs. But, uh, you know, I mean, it's, it's just uh, – it's a bad trend that we got going right now. No doubt. Now, when you talk about accountability, too, there's also a part of that. And, Marcus, you can attest to this. When you don't have an official leader out there on that field, like last year, if you have Holt Nailers in this same situation and you're getting penalties and that offense is backing up, you can guarantee Holton is getting in somebody's face on the field or on the sidelines, this ain't happening. Yeah. We're, we're, you're, you're killing us here. Yeah. There's no accountability to your leader because there's no leader on the field. Well, that's why coaches always stress the best football teams are the ones that are player-led, right? Because when the players take that responsibility, it, it, it goes further. You know, they, they're used to hearing it from us coaches. They, right. They're used for, to us being down their throat. Um, some point in time, somebody has to say, "Look, man, this is this is it. This is why we're losing." Yeah. Three one seven twelve fifty. Thank you, Rod. We go next to Andy in Charlotte. Hey, Andy. Hey, guys, how are you? All right. So I'm very confused and conflicted, and I don't even really know where to begin after three games. Um, there's no doubt Flynn definitely gives us a better chance than Garcia. But I, I can't help but wonder why, after seeing him play today, what was happening in practice that, that, that led Houston to believe that Garcia was, was, was our guy, right? And, and we didn't see Flynn uh, uh, until late in the game against Marshall, right? So, I, I mean, you can't go back and say, I wish, hey, you know, but, like, 
what is going on in practice that, that, that Flynn did not get that PT in, in the Marshall game? Now, going into today's game with Flynn, you got to help him. You got to catch the ball. You got to protect it. You got to limit the penalties, right? If you look at the, the, the passes that were dropped, if we catch those passes, how much of a difference does that make? It was a relatively close game, right? If we cut those penalties in half, how much does that make a difference in the game? Right. And, and you guys mentioned it earlier. How do you coach that? How do you coach that in practice to not drop the ball, to not have stupid, you know, penalties? Right. And, and as far as the defense, I've defended the defense all season long. We've always been kind of the opposite of the, we never really, we, we never really bent, but we broke. Right. They always, we always give a big play here and there. So it's kind of the opposite of bend, don't break. But, but today, we were bending, we were breaking. And I know we, we had some, some defensive TDs and, and scores, which is great. But uh, at, at State, uh, I, I didn't watch any of the Carolina game, but did they have any guys that really wowed you, that really jumped off the page in terms of their stats and, and what they did today? I, I just felt like it was a really vanilla sort of at State offense. And you guys mentioned it there. They went six of eight on third down in the second half. You're uh, Six of eight? Good gosh. And, and, and then looking back at this past week and what Houston making those comments, it was really disheartening to hear that he's kind of pointing out at the fans now. He needs to be worried about these penalties. He needs to be worried about the quarterback position and protecting that quarterback instead of, oh, that was very, very disheartening. And I've always defended him, too. And I'm sitting here watching – I'm streaming the Charlotte game right now. Guess what? Charlotte's going to beat us at homecoming. They're, they're going to beat us at homecoming. And you're talking, you're talking about Gardner-Webb. Well – these are two or three wins that we need to have. Well, <laughs> good luck trying to find them, guys, because after what I've been seeing, I, 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 don't, I don't know if we're going to get those. So appreciate what you guys do. I'm going to take it off. All right, Andy. Appreciate the call, man. Mm-hmm. I tell you what, I, I can't lose the Biff, man. If we lose the Biff, <laughs> I'm out of here. It's over. I'm done. We can't lose the Biff. Uh, interesting watching this Florida-Tennessee game because uh, Jason Nichols is over there kind of pointing out what we should be doing some double stack receivers on two ends you're spreading out the field and then they're running the game they're using the running game off of that spread offense Man, i mean it, it makes it hard for that overhang player it does he has to declare yeah and if he declares out great that means we should be able to have a chance to hand it off because they got two high safeties who yeah. cares safety's yeah. making tackles that's a good thing right absolutely yeah. running the ball yeah. and, and we did it i think we just got to have a better stay um, in it yeah 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 that's you what know, i mean stay in it better yeah. plan build passes be off of it yeah. you know like tennessee's gonna get out there and they're gonna run some passes because they'll throw the screen out there then they'll run some vertical switches off of it i mean it's 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 putting it together you you, you, you know absolutely Donna is up next in West Virginia. Hello, Donna. Hello, guys. I hope you guys are doing well. Uh, I'm like this brief because I might lose my signal up here. But, you know, we were talking earlier about, you know, it's not time to panic yet. But when is that time? Because I'm getting a little nervous, you know. We're going against Garner-Webb next weekend, which should hopefully be a good game. A nice, you know, make it so we're not 0-3 anymore. But, um, you know, it is, it's kind of nerve-wracking where we see the same song and dance every single week, that they're being held accountable, there's going to be changes, and then we see a flop in the game. So what are you guys thinking? What, how are you guys feeling about going into Gardner-Webb? For me, I'm a little nervous. 
I'm not. I don't want Jason and Marcus to answer this. They're just going to get mad, and for good reason that we even have to have this discussion. Oh man, I'm, um, hot. I'm hot. Here's my panic schedule. If you lose to Gardner Webb, absolutely. All full on panic. Yeah, panic. Full on panic mode. Yeah, not five alarm. Yeah, panic mode. Whatever. If you win that game, and then lose to rice smu and charlotte you panic i think uh but there are panic opportunities on this schedule now uh i don't think is the time although if you're starting to lean that way i certainly understand oh and three stinks and you just did not want to come out of these first three games uh winless so i get it i'm not gonna panic yet but there are plenty of reasons why pirate fans would be panicking at the moment well let me tell you the one reason and playing devil's advocate here the one reason you don't panic because a lot of the stuff that we've been talking about is what it's fixable the penalties are fixable the guys catching passes on third down is fixable but, it, it really is i don't know it's because Flynn, or is that Flynn's what gonna they get are better if they stay if they stick with him and say you're our guy he's gonna get better had he got more playing time and been the starter in the marshall game i'm sure those three interceptions don't happen today maybe one but i don't think he throws three i i think you're right um some of these things are fixable um some of them I, 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 I don't know, to be honest with you. Uh, re, you know, receivers dropping balls. Um, man, I, I know this as a receivers coach. Either you know how to catch it or you don't. Yeah. It's hard to fix that during the season. Um, and what I mean by that is is um, you recruit that. You got to find guys that naturally catch the football. We're not trapping it, but use those hands to catch it. Um you can fix Flynn as he grows because he, him or Garcia will grow as quarterbacks the more reps that they get in a ball game. That's mm-hmm. why it's important to play kids, um, which is what we do a lot on both sides of the ball, especially on the defensive side. I've always seen those guys rotate a lot of guys through. That's why it's not that big of a fall off right now on the defensive side of the ball. Even though we lost a lot of kids last year, people forget we lost a lot on that defense last year, but they play a lot of kids over there. The one position that you don't play a lot of people at quarterback and it's a crucial position and I get it you can't play rotating quarterbacks but um, sitting on the sideline doesn't help you grow as a, as a as a quarterback so I don't know I don't know can you fix the offensive line <sighs> that's tough man I'm, I think those guys as they play more together because we'll that, that it's, like, it's like the quarterback it's, position they've got to grow they got to grow together yeah. Yeah. Th- those five have to start developing one mindset of how they're you know communicating who they're working to flipping protections it's that th- that is that's a frustrating part now on on that note every other team's going to get better too are we i mean <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that's why i'm worried i don't know how much of this is fixable to the point where we could turn this whole ship around right now yeah that, that's why i'm hot that's why i'm hot it's because yeah, i want to win every game me too uh, and, and we were you know we were taught or coached or whatever you want to call it Man, we just don't lose two games in a row. No doubt. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. That's Man, right. That was, find a way to get oh, that yeah. next win. That, that's, that's a right. big point right there. We, we got preached on that right mm-hmm. there. Good teams don't lose two games in a row. Go win the next one. That's yeah. right. And that was huge. We And I'll I tell you, for the most part, we never did. No. I mean, we there might have been a, a week or two in our careers where we might have lost back-to-back games, but I promise you, we bounced back for the most part. Yeah. yeah. All right, uh, 317-1250, Andrew is up in Boone. Hey, Andrew. Hey, guys. I'm up here, up here in Boone, and uh, 
pretty rowdy time. Uh, ruthless fans up here in Boone, but um, want to say uh, quarterback issues. We've got a major issue. We got to figure it out. Figure out right now. I don't know if it's uh, Mason's issue, uh, uh, Flynn or Donnie issue. Uh, I did see a fire fan wearing a fire Donnie shirt tonight. That was kind of interesting, but uh, I was on the fling kick. I was ready to uh, see him roll out there and do things, and uh, I felt like he moved the ball very well uh, at times. But then again, I'm like second-guessing, like, is he our guy or is Mason our guy? Uh, Flynn, I mean, at the same time, you take away those two defensive touchdowns, and uh, that's 14 points by Flynn. I mean, that's 14, what, 40-some points? Um, <laughs> that's that's double the production of Garcia. Andrew, it is such sad times that I'm sitting here saying, what is Andrew talking about? And then I think about it. We got a quarterback that threw three interceptions, only led the team to 14 points, and I'm like, this is our guy. Right, right, right. That's how bad of a situation <laughs> we're in right now. <sighs> yeah, so, yeah, I'm, I'm still kind of questioning because I was ready to see him out there, but I'm, I don't know. But then at the same time, you know, you got guys dropping passes. That didn't help things, but – uh Another thing I want to say, uh, recruiting-wise, where are we at? Do you guys know where we're at in comparison to App with recruiting-wise? Because, uh, I mean, that little Noel guy, he was just speed. And I'm just wondering, like, are we are we ahead of them in recruiting, or are they ahead of us? Uh, I don't know. I'll see if I can do a quick look on that. But, I mean, we see how much recruiting – can matter when i mean our we got our four-star quarterback who is our highest rated recruit ever who right now might not be starting any more games that's 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 why i'm saying you know east carolina had made a living on those guys that were two and three star recruits or guys that didn't get recruited by anyone and had a chip on their shoulder and came to east carolina and played well well, listen i just got a text from somebody who said you know App app state looks smaller than us and but they were more physical and I told somebody that I think in here I talked about that whenever I worked up there for Coach Moore for three years, it wasn't about how pretty they look. Yeah. It was about how hard they play. Yeah. And if you play hard, it doesn't matter how big you are. You know, I mean, it does and doesn't. You know what I'm saying? You can't be a 150 pound nose tackle, but you got to you, you got to play hard. And those guys have always been built that yep, way. Yep. They go and look at talent. You got to look at talent. You can't look at anything else. What is the film telling me about this player? Right. You know? So 2023 recruiting ratings on 24-7 at East Carolina at 65 and had App State at 80. So I don't know if that wow. tells you anything. So. Wow, wow. All right, well, good. Well, the um, other thing I want to say is um, I think to fix all this, we just got to get the team boneyard and that'll fix everything and uh every dollar takes and give to them and there we go let's go fire it all right andrew thank you man there is andrew calling from boone jack david scott hang on gonna get to your calls when we return now's a good time for you to call 758 wing and enjoy in some delicious wings over greenville they got the giant tenders the traditional wings the tots the fries and everything in between Give them a call, and they will deliver right to your door. We are back with more on the U.S. Sailor Fifth Quarter Call-In Show after this. You're listening to the U.S. Sailor Fifth Quarter Postgame Call-In Show. Here's Clip Brock. 
Now, with the Pirate Radio scoreboard, here's Shirley Rhodes. All right, Charlotte is trying to make a game of it uh, with uh, Georgia State. They have uh, uh, scored 16 points in the third quarter. They now trail Georgia State 34-26. Nebraska has a 14-3 lead over Northern Illinois at the half. It is North Texas 23, Louisiana Tech 14. Uh, Auburn has a 17-0 lead over Samford at the half. Tennessee is trailing Florida at halftime. 26-7 is that score. Rice beating up on Texas Southern. 42-7 is that score. Vanderbilt and UNLV are tied at 17 apiece. It is Michigan 7, Bowling Green 6, and uh, Syracuse is leading Purdue 14-7. Ole Miss has a 10-0 lead over Georgia Tech. That is a look at your Buccaneer Music Hall scoreboard brought to you by the Buck. It is your beacon of music in the land of the Pirates and live music with uh, seven days a week. And you can uh, come and watch your favorite NFL team on Sunday Fun Day at the Buck with the largest 4K TV in eastern North Carolina. And, uh, of course, 18 big screens so you don't miss a game. uh, See and be seen at the Buck. Now let's head back in to the U.S. Cellular fifth quarter postgame call-in show. Here's your host, Cliff Rock. All right, back with you on the U.S. Cellular fifth quarter call-in show. A long day here in the Pirate Radio studios. And we continue on taking your calls. Brooks says Malik Fleming with an interception for Houston. Not now, Brooks. Come on, Brooks. I don't want to hear about that right now. Uh, Damon, Scott, David, hang on. Let's go to Jack in Atlantic Beach. Hello, Jack. Jack. Jack is gone. Jack is gone. Let's try David in Farmville. Hey, David. Hey, uh, hey, guys. Um, so I, I kind of, after last weekend, uh, kind of settled down a little bit. Um, watched the game, tried to be open-minded. A uh, couple of things that stood out. Um, I, I think a lot of it had to do with um, uh, Flynn. You know, we, we heard all week, we haven't thrown the ball downfield, haven't thrown the ball downfield. Um, they get the play called. Uh, he pushes it a little bit, um, trying to make a throw that on the first interception, he should have thrown the ball deeper. Um, on the second one, just trying to make a play happen that wasn't there. Um, I, I'm going to attribute a lot of that just to, to the fact that, uh, like Mason, he just hadn't played much. Um, the, I'm going to put a little bit of that on the coaching staff. Um, they had two two quarterbacks coming into the season. Neither one of them was really uh, season-prepared to play, and we're having to deal with that. And we're dealing with a coaching staff that uh, you know made that decision, and, and so we're dealing with it. Um, what what really disturbs me is the 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 manhandling that we're getting in the in the second half and the fourth quarter. Um, you know, Marshall scored 21 points in the fourth quarter. I think in the second half we got score outscored 24 to seven by app. Um, yeah, you've got turnovers and stuff, but uh, uh, the defense. I just wonder what's going on with the defense. Um, you know, who are they playing? I, the interception with Anton Jackson was really nice, uh, particularly seeing him in there. I'm glad at least he's getting to play. Um, but that that's probably the biggest thing. Um, I, I think uh, the running the running game. One thing I noted during the game, they had a second and long, and they ran the ball up the middle, um, putting them in third and long, and 
Flynn wound up getting sacked because now you're going to have to make a deep throw. Um, I think when we can get off of the run on first down, run on second down, try and make it all up on third down, um, we'll be a better offense. Um, we're not quite there yet. Uh, the tendency still is to run on first down. Um, and, and the run is, you know, I guess a zone dive. It's right up the middle. And it, do, it doesn't typically go for very much. So it puts us now second long. And you don't get a whole lot of yards there. It's third and long. And now it's 10 to 15-yard pass. Um, on many of those deep throws, there were guys wide open underneath. Um you know, I think if, if they could try to run more slants across the middle, crossing routes, uh, you know, seven to eight yards, not 25, um, I think we'll move the ball a little bit more consistently. Um, I, I'm, I'm not going to panic. I've, after 30 plus years of doing this, uh, it doesn't do anything other than make my wife upset. So, uh, I'm, I'm just going to let things play out. I hope for the best. I hope the coaching staff can, can get a little bit more creative and understand exactly what's going on and make uh, more prudent decisions. I'm going to hang up and listen, and I always enjoy it. All right, David. Thanks, man. Uh, Jason, you were asking for some intermediate routes and passes today, and uh, David kind of hitting on that. That uh, Well, now we're complaining that we're going downfield too much, I guess, but uh, <laughs> you want to see more of the, the intermediate passing game. <clears throat> well, you know, you got to have something that can convert you know, on on third and long, it's not always a vertical 50-50 ball, right? Something that can can uh, get you maybe ten to twelve yards, you know, in cuts and some of that type of stuff. I, you know, I, you know, it's that's just what I've been used to. You know, you got to have an intermediate passing game. You take shots down the field to create explosion plays. You get the intermediate stuff to. Move, keep the drives going. You do the quick game stuff to kind of get the drive started. Those are just the thoughts that you know I've had and and things that we've done in different places that I've been. Three one seven twelve fifty. Scott is up next in Winterville. Hello, Scott. What's up, Clip? What's up? Um, actually, this is a question for Marcus and Jason. First, Marcus, when I looked on the field tonight. Now, look at the offensive line. I did not recognize any names. How much does that go into what we've seen? Because you got a different perspective of what's going on tonight. And, Jason, you touched on it about jug machines and everything about drop passes. What do we do in practice with the offensive line and the wide receivers? I'll hang up and listen. All right. Thanks, Scott. So, Marcus, I think he's saying – uh, a patchwork offensive line, unfamiliar names, haven't played a ton of football. How much is that part affecting the lack of offense for this team right now? Well, I mean, it's affecting a lot. I mean, you got to, the offensive line has to make a name for themselves, right? And uh, he talked about he didn't know a name on there, but, uh, you know, Lamont Burns made a name for himself. Uh, Jamie Gray made a name for himself, right? And I'm going way back. Tom Scott, you know, uh, if people don't know you, you got to make sure that you're doing your job and then they will notice you, so to speak, because that's the most unsung mm-hmm. <laughs> group on, on the football team until 
They're not somebody, doing yeah. well. So, right? Somebody makes a mistake. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, unfortunately. Right. Kind of like the long snapper. Nobody, long snapper don't want anybody to know his name. That's right. Unless Except it's for Chandler. Chandler. <laughs> <laughs> and so for, for those guys, for for them to, um, you know, for us to notice them, so to speak, in, in a lot of ways, they really do have to come together. And, and um, you know, it, there, there's a lot of things as far as, uh, you know, guys um, – I talked about this with uh, some of our coaches last year. Uh, I think Coach Connors did this as well. But uh, wrestling, right? When guys wrestle, right, you, you're fighting your butt off to <laughs> to get position and all those kind of things. Uh, take a guy to the ground, flip him over, and all those kind of things under control, right? And so I, I, I don't know the rules as far as uh, how much is that allowed and all those kind of things nowadays. But uh, those are some of the little things that you can get guys to do as far as you know, it, it's a scrap, man. It's, a, yeah. it's you got to fight your butt off to to keep that guy off the quarterback or to get that run up the up the middle, you know, like we're trying to do. Uh, and it's all about positioning, and it's all about positioning. And wrestling does that, right? Uh, you've got that inexperienced offensive line ma- matched with a brand new offensive line coach. So you know Steve Shankweiler taking a different role, Coach Mogridge coming in. So a lot of newness up there, and we are seeing the growing pains. Uh, and then uh, the second part of the question uh, was Jason the uh, jugs machine. Like, what are we doing with receivers every day to make sure we don't see these drops? I'm putting them in those situations. First of all, we got to get out and get on that jugs machine before practice, and not just standing still catching. I used to do stuff that had them running. You know, uh, because as a receiver, you very rarely catch a ball sitting still. So we were always moving, doing something like that before practice after practice now most of the time before practice I threw the balls to them because I want them to see it coming out of a hand Mm -hmm. at the end of practice I would shoot the balls to them and we'd work on moving uh, targets and stuff like that and and distraction drills because a lot of times it's, it's what we talked about it's about catching that ball knowing I'm about to get hit or somebody's flashing in front of me. I used to do a deal on Thursdays where it was all about distraction drill. And everybody got up there, had to catch so many balls with us beating on them with bags and all that type stuff to get them used to catching a ball in traffic. And, um, you know, uh, th- that's just some of the things you can do. Uh, and you just got to work at it, man. It's just part of it. You know, we talked about putting an expectation out there. You got to expect to catch the ball. You're a receiver. And so uh, those are some of the things you can do. I mean, when that doesn't work, you got to go recruit. And this question was, what do you do at practice? And a lot of a couple of times you've said it's not just practice; it's before, it's after. It's but what are you doing on your own time? Is the, well, is the, a question too. Well, that's that. I, you know, I bet you guys like Zay Jones and all those guys came over here and they did extra. Oh right. yeah. You yep. know, that's that's why you get to where you get, and they got to understand that. Like, I got to do more than just what's. Uh, expected of me at practice yeah. if I want to be better. And then if you have a leader at quarterback that can go out and say, hey, look, receivers, come with me. We're, we're throwing balls before or we're throwing balls after. after. And yeah. I know they did this stuff, uh, but we're seeing drops in games. So yeah. either do it more or what they did wasn't working. And what did Jason say? If none of that's working, go, go recruit. Go recruit. <laughs> <laughs> no, it becomes a focus thing for them on a personal level. Yeah. If you can't... Um, if you can't make those plays and, and you're doing those things, it, it's there's a lack of focus somewhere. All right, 317-1250. Did we get Damon? Or Damon's up? Damon, you're up in Boone. Hey, Damon. Hey, man, coming down Highway 321 in the dark, baby. <laughs> Turn your lights on, man. Pirates are offside. They're left to center, right to center. 
I mean, we can't even get this shit straight. We can't even come down. He said, what did he say? He said it. Yeah. Sorry, Damon. Can't cuss, man. No cursing on the air. Them the rules. Sorry. I kind of wanted to hear where Damon was going. He's flying down the highway with no lights on in the dark. All right. Let's go to Keith in Asheville. Hey, Keith. Mm. Hey, Cliff. Hey, maybe maybe somebody needs to get them boys in the back room and use some of those four-letter words to them. But I, I think it's really important that we're talking about quarterback play and all this, and I think it's really important we start looking at the leadership on the team, and maybe it's not the players, it's the coaches. I know this coaching staff's been here for a while, and it, I, at a certain point we've got to look squarely at them and say maybe they're just not capable of getting the job done. I mean, you've got offensive coordinator like Donnie Kirkpatrick that's been so aware much, so many places, and I mean, maybe the game's just starting to pass him by. I mean, we had a, a great quarterback last year. I mean, he's got a shot to make it in the league, and, and at times it looked like he was playing D3 football, and I think that's really just the coaches weren't putting him and the other players in, in a position to succeed. I know in the past when folks have talked about Donnie, you said things like Mike Houston says that he's a great football coach and he knows football. Well, heck, I know football, and one of the key tenets of football is you score more points than the other team, and we're really struggling to do that right now you look at our record so so maybe it really is time that we start looking at, at changes at offensive coordinator and if mike houston's not willing to do that maybe it's time to start looking at looking at the man in the big chair seeing if uh it's time we make the changes because we sit in a position where if if we don't evolve and we don't grow that we're going to get left behind in all this conference realignment and i'm really afraid that that if we blink it in five seven years that we're not even in division 1a that we're one double a or whatever the next version of that's going to be and we're going to be sitting here going what the heck has happened if we don't make these changes now that that this is what's going to happen to this program just kind of want to get y'all's thoughts on if you think that this staff's equipped to to get us to where we need to go or if it is really time to just start looking for a more younger more innovative either offense or just kind of at the top I think it goes back to is Mike Houston, is he running the show on offense? If not, he's going to have some problems with his offensive coordinator because the offensive numbers are not good. They're not good for 2023 college football. You look around and you see teams putting up points, putting up yards. We're not doing that. So if Mike Houston, if this is not what he wants, then yeah, he's going to think about making a move. If this is him giving the directive to Donnie, then He's going to be okay with it because he's making the final call. I don't. Okay, so this is this is something that I would like to know as a non-media member anymore, as someone that doesn't go to press conferences, I can't ask questions. I'm not in the media anymore. But wouldn't it be a fair question at a press conference to either Donnie or Mike or better yet, both? Just the simple question: Who has the ultimate authority on play calling? And let the conversation start there. I think that's a fair question. Well, Donnie has said he because he we were talking about fourth downs in particular. He said he's got always got a call ready to go. It's just a matter of does the head coach say we're going forward or not. So that leads me to believe. Yeah, that but that's he's that's calling. kind of a in, in my eyes that's kind of a bailout. I mean that's 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 an obvious to me that if well, it says if, that Donnie's calling the place right, but that says that he's he's referring to him as saying okay, well he's going to say whether or not we're going to go for it or not. Well, right, that, right. I think that's obvious. Well, no, it is. I'm just using that as an example right, right, to say right. Donnie has a play ready, which means on first, second, and third down, Donnie has the play. But who has the ultimate say? I know the the head coach in that situation, of course, has the ultimate say. We're going to go for it on fourth down, or we not? That's I mean, I think that's every head coach in the country has got that 
authority and says, hey, the, the, the head coach is going to make that call. I'm going to leave it to my offensive coordinator to make the call. I'm going to say whether or not we're going forward or whether or not we're going to punt. And I'm just speculating. I, I just feel like Mike Houston's like, all right, Donnie, here are the plays. Now you call, and I think that's call, a, why, you call that's a fair plays. question to ask. Yeah, no, I mean, it is. It is a very fair Jason question Abney, to ask. Jason I mean, inside well, uh, You know what? I, I was on the headset in 21, and I never heard Coach Houston just say, Donnie, you got to call this. I never heard that. So Donnie was calling the play. He was calling the plays. Yeah. I mean, when I was on the headset, that's what I've heard. So right. I don't think it's just Houston, you know, dictating. I think he gave Donnie the freedom to call the plays the way he needs to. Yeah. But yeah, fair question. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, some folks are saying that Damon said the word ship instead of a cuss word. Okay. Right. If that's we'll the case, back, I really back. apologize, Damon, and Me please too. call back in. Uh, we'd love to hear more from you. Uh, oh, and, and by the way, my, the last thing I'll say about that, when you're 0-3, everything is a fair question. Oh. <laughs> and Period. that's all I got to and say that's all about I got that. To say about that. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's go to Keith in Asheville. Hey, Keith. We already talked. <laughs> Sorry, it's late. Well, hang up then. <laughs> Bye, Keith. There's Keith. <laughs> we already talked. <laughs> oh dear. Three one seven twelve fifty. Michael Preston. Monica. Hang on. Monica's up. She's the MVP. Is this Monica caller. over Greenville again? Oh yeah. <laughs> MVP caller. Uh three one seven twelve fifty. More of your calls. Damon, call us back. Back with you after this. You're listening to the U.S. Cellular fifth quarter postgame call-in show. Here's Clip Brock. Back with you on the U.S. Cellular fifth quarter call-in show. A long day here in the Pirate Radio studio. Still a little more to go here. So if you want to get a call in, you can do so. 317-1250. Charles, Michael, Preston, hang on. We'll go to Monica in Greenville. Hello, Monica. Hey, guys, good to see you tonight, and I second that we need Marcus and Jason on our coaching staff, so uh, I welcome it. Come on. Um, Hey, I'm going to start off with something really positive. I don't know that anybody's mentioned it tonight, and then it'll go downhill from there for me, unfortunately. Um, You know, kudos to the App State media relations team, who in their booth tonight had uh, Jeff Charles' picture front and center with the purple flowers. It was just really... um, endearing to see and a, and a really nice a really nice touch from App State. So hats off to them for, for doing that in the booth. Um, you know, we've got a problem here with our program, and fans are stubborn. People who've been here for many years are stubborn because we're used to seeing a gritty pirate program that's built from the ground up. Forget people's stars. I don't care about four-star quarterbacks. Steve Logan used to go out and recruit talented players. We got players from all over who maybe wouldn't have been looked at, and he turned them into Cadillac players because he put them in the right position. He said, let's go get athletes and get them in the right positions, and we'll coach them up. So I miss those days. What we're looking at is generations of students, generations of people who are not seeing a program that is gritty, that is pirate heritage football, and that's detrimental to ECU football to, to have that many generations not see that um, and we are a program in trouble and time is our worst enemy now with how fast things are going with conference realignment nil deals 
but other teams are getting it done. Look at App State today. Here's what I'm looking at. You know, with Scotty Moe before Houston came in, we suffered three losing seasons with only three wins each season. Houston takes the helm. He gets a four and nine season in his first uh, four and nine um, season his first year here. He has another losing season. Well, he can then come in and do two winning seasons. But here we are again. We're in his fifth season. His staff. He's not getting players from Scotty Moe years. These are his staff, his guys, and he's looking at having a worse record than he had his first year here. That's not good. That's not program building. That's not pirate football. So that's what I am mourning right now. I think many of us are kind of looking at that scratch in our head, what's happening. I'll go back, um, Billy, to what's happening here with our program. Um, the other thing I'll call out, you know, other than the two defensive turnovers, those were fantastic. The pick six was wonderful. I'm not as high on our defense right now. They played well. They played better than the offense. But I go back to in 2021, Blake Harrell said, you know, after we allowed um, 485 offensive yards, he said he didn't want to think about that game ever again because the defense allowed 485. And here we are sitting at a defense that allowed 465 yards again today. So we're leaving, you know, we're getting too many guys, getting too many deep balls on us. Um, I just think there's a lot that can be fixed there, too. It leaves a lot to be desired. Um, Also, you know, we allowed, this isn't defense but offense, three sacks today. I'm just not seeing the progression. We saw a little bit more productivity from offense today. But we're just not seeing a, a team that develops like pirate teams do from game to game to game, and that worries me. So I'll just hang up and listen to you guys comment on that. Um, hey, Jason, I live in your neighborhood, so when you get home tonight, we'll be watching the Colorado-Colorado State game. Oh, I, I did not know you lived in your neighborhood, Monica. Just a, just a few doors down. Oh, really? <laughs> Shame on you, Jason, well, that you don't know your neighbors. Come on now. I'm guilty. I'm guilty. I'm sorry, Monica. All right. Awesome. Blog party of Monica's tonight for Coach Prime and Colorado <laughs> right. State. All right, Monica, great call as always. 317-1250. We go to Preston in Greenville next. Hello, Preston. Good evening, fellas. Uh, well, I really called to talk about was uh Marcus said that the offensive line needs to get into wrestling. Um the culture of the current high school football teams is I'm gonna keep a hold of these offensive linemen and athletes in general um and not let them do anything else. That's that's just the culture, that's their thoughts. Um the other issue is most of your offensive linemen are over 300 pounds or you want them at 300 pounds and wrestling heavyweight tops out at 275. Um, and that's a issue. Um, if you're trying to develop offensive linemen and defensive linemen also, um, and most, some of your linebackers, um, is that, is that true? Well, well, Preston, first of all, Marcus was saying, like, at ECU football practice, having the guys actually wrestling at practice, not necessarily looking. On the wrestling team. Yeah, not on the, yeah. That's right. Which East Carolina doesn't have and hadn't had since, what, the 70s, 60s or something like that? Yeah, so. They do. They do have a wrestling team. They got an intramural wrestling team. Okay. But his point was doing drills and things like that in practice against each other and against the Off season. Off season. It's mostly off season, yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Oh, well, if, if that's what you're talking about, I mean, that would be a great thing for them to do. Well, well, I tell you this, though. You do look for linemen that have a wrestling history because um, – it is an advantage. They learn how to use their body. You know, it's a good sport for those guys. Like, you like to see other athletes, you know, skill guys to do other things. Wrestling is one of the, the, the sports you like from old linemen. Well, well and, when and, you're, and, and I'm, I'm sorry, but the, even stuff like, I've, I've heard of offensive linemen that would go together, and as weird and as crazy as this sounds, this happens, that they would go out and take dance lessons together mm-hmm. because those guys, and, and I got a feel of it, and Ruffin McNeil had his fantasy camp back when he was here and I attended that one time they take you through all the stations and that's when I really learned that I I was never built to be an offensive lineman those guys put in some work and there's a lot of footwork that goes into it there's a lot of that but there's a lot of those transferable skills and we can laugh about I mean there there are football players that have gone out there and take karate classes and things like that just to be able to have the moves and to be able to do stuff like that. So I think anything like that to get any kind of team cohesiveness yeah. and all that is is worth it. Hey, absolutely, man, because when you're undersized, and uh, and I'm speaking from experience as from last year, like uh, we were un- very undersized last year as a, as a team in uh, Livingstone College, and so we always just talked about positioning with those guys. You get in position, work that double team, get in position, man, and um, you know, and, and and it helps. It helps, especially when you have a group that hasn't been together as much. Um, you know, just kind of teaching them those things of how to get to position and all those things, and uh, and play calling could help as well as far as you know with those things as well anything else Preston well I'm sure them uh those that club team would love to see some big guys in there if uh Houston would encourage it or the uh you know strength and training people had their, some of those guys come in and put them through some drills I'm sure that would be uh very helpful for the offensive line to you know gel together and even some of the other athletes they got out there um just like everybody else you know Defense is is mediocre to average. Um, offense has got a long way to go. Uh, I appreciate what y'all guys do. I'll take the rest of it offline. All right, buddy. Thanks, Preston. There is Preston in Greenville. Three one seven twelve fifty. We go next to Michael in Kinston. Hello, Michael. Uh, Michael, Michael, you there now? Michael, Michael is out. Three one seven twelve fifty. Charles. Let's go to Charles in Raleigh. Hey, Charles. Charles is out. They all wanted to talk about wrestling, and Preston already did. <laughs> all right, well, let's try Al in Greenville. Let's, let's build a wrestling team. Uh, Al, what's up? I'm here. I didn't hang up. Nah, stay with us, Al. Philly Al. What's up, man? Roller Derby. Cornhole. What's what's the station turn into? <laughs> hey, we talked volleyball. We talked about some dancing, cornhole. some wrestling. Yeah. I don't think we mentioned cornhole, but that's not off the table. <laughs> hey, listen. You know, um, I've been watching Pirates for so long, and for some reason this year, every t- they're so slow. I mean, it's 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 just unbelievable. I I watch it, and I said, I don't. And I, the lady that just called, she's right. I mean. I'm so used to the pirate, you know, just a strong team and ready to play and they improve all the time. And it's just not there anymore. Uh, and the, and the thing is, um, my daughter and my son-in-law came down and I showed them the stadium. We have such beautiful facilities. So is it, be, is it because we, can, we, we can't get the players here anymore? 
I mean, there's got to be a reason, and I and I, I I know it is. It's because they're going to these other places. They probably can afford them. But is that the main reason that we cannot get the players we used to get? Well, the players we used to get were the two and three star, the gritty guys. Well, that was during the Prop 48 days, which that was a big deal. Those were non-qualifiers at other schools, so they couldn't – North Carolina wouldn't take them. NC State, those ACC schools wouldn't take them because they couldn't qualify. And, and Steve Logan made a living on a lot of those guys, very, very talented players uh, that just weren't getting it done uh, in the classroom. And, and East Carolina back in the day in the Prop 48 days could take those guys. That's not the case anymore. Okay, that's why um, is it Mac from North Carolina made the statement that he doesn't want to play ECU. He was he was on a radio station. I heard him say that he does not want to play ECU, and that and that would probably call that that would mean NC State one doesn't want to play ECU. I I think we're going to have some real problems even recruiting people. And and one other thing that the lady mentioned, Steve Logan. I see him at the beach all the time now for dinner. I, I think he's too old, but is he involved in the program at all? No, no, uh-uh. he is not involved in the program. No. Oh, well, that's it. <laughs> he, he's still a great mind, though. Oh, man, man. He, he's he's uh, he's a. I'm gonna tell you what people didn't know, and and me included at the time, because I even played for him. What we had in a coach like him, um, because he 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 was very wise, and and um, we did a lot of great things under him. And um, you know, and part of that was not getting caught up in what everybody else thought. He went out there like like uh, Monica said. We went out and found players, which is what she described is what App State is right now. Um, don't always pass the eye test, yep. but they're gonna pass pass the play test. They're gonna play hard. Well, I I see him. I see him out for dinner. And I want to walk up to him so bad and just say, please help us. <laughs> you should. I would love to hear it because he's a pretty funny dude, too. I'd love to hear his response to that. His response is, let, let me just tell you, don't don't get me started. Don't get me started, Mark Marcus. Don't get me started. Now, listen, I'm going to tell you, I would not get, I am not going to go into a young man's living room and beg him to come to East Carolina because if he don't want to come to East Carolina, I don't want him here at East Carolina. You understand? me, Jay Nick. You, you got it right. I hear you you understand? Yes, All right, now go run that damn route for me right now. And I'm going to catch it. All right. Don't you drop no balls. And listen, you take him down the field and you go to, you take him to score. You go score. <laughs> you go score. You go score. There's awesome. Billy doing his... Uh, oh, usually you do the uh, chat with Gerard on the sideline. Oh, that's, that's, that's what it was. Yeah. That, that, that was it. You, uh-huh. you just mix you, the names up. Yeah, you just you go score. You go score. David, 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 listen, you're, break, you're breaking my heart. No, no, it's my heart that's breaking. Listen, now you don't go out there and you make those mistakes anymore. All right, you go down there and you take these. You go score. All right, you're breaking my heart. You go score. <laughs> we love them. All right, there is Al in Greenville, and there is uh, fake Steve Logan here, <laughs> Billy Weaver. All right, uh, Michael is up in Kinston. Hey, Michael. Hey, how you doing? All right. Uh, someone had called in earlier about the recruiting of over the last few years from App State to ECU. I saw something this week on the Internet and on Facebook, and I checked it out, and it's true. Now, the last five years, we've out-recruited them, and we do almost every year except for a year or two. Not by much, but usually when it lists the teams, 
they were had us like 67, they were like 75, so for, but anyway, by at least four or five teams, I think we have about four to eight teams in between us, so we've out-recruited them. Another thing you always hear people say, we don't pay the coaches enough. The App State coach, head coach, makes $900. We pay 900000 a year. We pay Houston $2.2 million. The assistant coaches, people say, we don't pay the assistant coaches enough. We pay them because we're from a state university. They have to give the numbers. $1.1 million more to pull. All, I'm not talking about per assistant coach, but all together. ECU pays the assistant coaches $1.1 million more than the assistant coaches at App State. And Houston makes $1.3 million more than head coach at Appalachian State. So if people say we don't pay the money, we're being out-recruited. That's not, <laughs> that's not the truth. Plus, App State has lost some coaches because they've had good teams the last four five years, and their coaches have gone on to bigger and better teams. But they don't seem to miss a beat. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Definitely. I mean, they've got a program. Well, they have missed a few beats. They are not the. They're not winning eight to ten games a year. They're they're going to bowls some years, but they're a solid team. Uh, wait, wait a minute. They beat ECU, aren't they? Yeah. They beat us this year. Yeah. Two times we played them, they beat us. Yeah. Who, who has the who's ha, who has the best program, App State or ECU, right now? Right now. I would say App State since they beat us. Okay. And that coach is making $1.2 million more than we're paying ours. And their assistant coaches collectively are making $1.1 million more. And also, we are out recruiting them on paper. Okay. What does that mean? What does that mean? We're not getting ba- enough bang for our buck. <laughs> yeah. That's right. I mean. Uh, what are you saying? When Mike, you uh, give him a pay cut? Yeah, maybe you leave. But I mean, <laughs> gave him a contract to. I mean, we increased his money too quick. Uh, yeah, he had he had a couple of the first two years had a couple of good years. He played Garner Webb, Norfolk State, Old Dominion, and won a few games. And everybody said, uh, "All right, how many wins against good teams, winning teams has he beaten?" If you look at that top division teams with winning records that he has beat, you'd be surprised. Everybody gets a contract extension and, and a raise. We, maybe we should renegotiate with him, Michael, and uh, have him take a pay cut. Thank you. Maybe we'll do that. Say so either we'll fire you or you can pay. <laughs> there you go. All right, Michael. <laughs> but look, ECU, do you remember a few years ago? No. When we were paying in one year. I forgot. In three head coaches at the same time. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Oh, yeah. Thanks, Skip, Thompson, and Logan. Yeah. And then two years later, we begged for $20 million. ECU School of Medicine gave us $10 million. <laughs> okay, yeah. I had to get them back. Yeah. So, I mean, we've got people headed the program athletic department has got to be smarter. All right. Thank you, Michael. There is Michael and Kinston.
let's take a break <laughs> jerry and jeff you are up next uh, i believe this may be last call for your calls get them in 317-1250 back with more you got something billy uh, i was just gonna say yeah we got a 10 o'clock game to watch all right yeah so let's uh <laughs> let's roll on back let's with you go. after this party of monica's You're listening to the U.S. Cellular Fifth Quarter Postgame Call-In Show. Here's Clip Brock. All right, we got multiple conversations complaining about stuff. <laughs> Me and Billy are complaining about the commanders not being on regular TV tomorrow. Marcus and Jason talking football. Uh, we were talking football. Oh, football. yeah, we were. Football. Yeah. Still football. Absolutely. All right. We're uh, talking about your team. I know. How are they not on TV? They're 425 game. And That's you would figure, you okay, watch America's team, you gotta the watch America's team, yeah. because you know, because they, <laughs> <laughs> well, they thought they thought the Cowboys were going to be going up against the Jets with Aaron Rodgers. That's yeah. true. So they yeah. that was that was pre pre. Now the nation gets to watch Zach Wilson take right. on the Cowboys. Yeah. Oh, I God, I hope all right, he beats them. Bobby Pike, Jeff, hang on. Let's go to Jerry in Atlanta. Hey, Jerry. Hey, Clint. Uh, just wanted to give you a call from the. Atlanta Cheesecake Factory. I just got to tell you, hey, this is the worst, second worst start I've ever seen in the first five halves for ECU football since 1932. You can look up the stats. We are not doing good, and we need to talk about why Donnie Kirkpatrick is still our offensive coordinator. I mean, like, we need to start talking seriously about this. Like, we made a, you know, decent performance against South State. But hey, what are what, what's our record? It's zero and three, and we're still just floundering. We're floundering at the bottom of this conference. And you know, if we want to be a real football team with our you know our our organization, you know, we just need to you know we need to step it up. And we're not doing that. And so I would like you guys to discuss that, and I'll chime back in. All right, Jerry. Well, I mean. <laughs> So Mike Houston got rid of uh, Bob Trott, the defensive coordinator, at the end of the season, right? Yeah. They went through a season. Yeah, I, I, well, and that's the point I was going to make is that anybody wanting a offensive, a new offensive coordinator, right. you're not getting it this season, yeah. period. But you could fire Donnie Kirkpatrick, but you wouldn't obviously bring in a guy mid-season. Right, right. Yeah. So the chances of that happening are, are probably slim and none. I wouldn't imagine that any change is going to be made. Now, after the season, depending on what happens between here and the end of the season, now there could be a change, and, and that could be something that you know Mike Houston entertains. Who knows? But if you're looking for a quick fix right now, you're, you're you got Donnie, and he just he and the rest of the staff and the players just need to right the ship right now. Yeah, I mean, I don't think Houston seems like a, a guy that would fire in midseason, but, you know, I don't know. Maybe he would if it keeps trending in the wrong direction. But then he he did say that, you know, Mason was his guy, and he marched Flynn out there today, so. Yeah, no, we don't know. You know. Jerry, anything else, man? Yeah, I, I got I got a lot of questions. You know, so why is Donnie our guy? Why can't we bring somebody in here? I got. I don't know. He's Houston's guy. I, that's Houston. Houston likes him. That's I don't know. A local high school coach that I can bring in there tomorrow. 
Jason, you want to you know? Yeah, Jerry, I don't know, man. It's Houston's guy. I mean, like, are they going to do any worse than our second worst start since 1932? I mean, like, ask ask that question. Like, please ask that question right now. Okay. Anything else? I'm done. <laughs> yeah man i mean like we can't make the fire in the higher i understand you're frustrated and and we're just giving you the answer to your question to our best ability i don't know if mike houston will let donnie go mid-season why is he the guy because mike houston hired him and it's his guy i mean i you know that's not for us to say really i'm sorry so we don't have the answers for yeah, we don't have that answer jeff is up in blunt's creek hey jeff Hey, guys. Uh, I watched the game like y'all did, and we didn't see a lot of improving in a lot of areas. But I'm going to go back deep, and I'm going to be off, probably off the chart a little bit, and y'all can agree or disagree. We, we, we can do that. But uh, this program, uh, they been broke down since Mike Hamrick, and been broke down since Jeff Cumber, and we have not overcome it. And I don't know that we can. And I'll leave it at that. All right. Sobering thoughts uh, from Jeff there. It was definitely a hole uh, that we were put in, a big one. Well, Mike Hamrick and Jeff Comfer, who did those guys get rid of? Got rid of Steve Steve Logan Logan and 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 Ruffin Ruffin McNeil. McNeil. And who were the two guys that everybody talks about that would have stayed here the rest of their careers? Steve Logan (laughs) and Ruffin McNeil. That's my point. That's it. That's but all now, I got to now, say. Now, didn't people come calling on that too? At absolutely. The time? Now, so absolutely. You be and that you be careful what you wish what, for. What you wish That's for. right. Absolutely. You know? uh-huh. and, and the same people said stuff about Holt Nailers the last five years or whatever, and now they're wishing they had Holton back on the field today. Yeah. And that's not. I mean, you, you never know what you got until it's gone. No doubt. But those were two huge losses. They really were. It, 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 because, you know, we, we, we were talking about something off air about sometimes coaches being halfway in and halfway out. Steve Logan and Ruffin McNeil was all the way in. Absolutely. And that's that's the commitment that yep. they brought to this thing. So you got to, you know, understand in this in this landscape that we're in, it, you, you can. You could bring in a, a really sexy coach, but if he wants to leave he's gonna leave that's right you coach differently and you in any job i think it's that's in any job you are when you're all like you said when you're all in and this is your deal you're gonna find a way to make it work correct all right we go to pike on the road from boone is this uh pike that hangs out with us every day on the chat what's up pike hey Cliff. how you doing good man hey i'm uh Riding with my 12-year-old nephew, and he says we got 17 uh, players that transferred in. So are they all from the portal, or do they transfer in some other way? From the portal. Uh, what other way? You there, like an alien portal? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they've all come in from the transfer portal. Well, earlier they said we didn't have any players that were transferring in. So. Well, I, I think most people are complaining about not having a quarterback come in through the, the the portal. I think that's the biggest one. It's not that East Carolina hasn't got gotten guys out of the portal. I think they're just looking at the quarterback position saying, okay, if you knew that you did not have a guy that you were confident in marching out there and saying, this is our guy, this is our starter, why didn't you get a quarterback out or, or could you not get a quarterback? So I think it's more of a surrounding the quarterback position. Yep. 
Okay, well, I also saw Chandler taking photography today, so I think he's uh, moonlighting on you. <laughs> he was doing what? Taking pictures. Moonlighting. Moonlighting, taking pictures. I'm doing photography. Yeah, yeah, he was down there. I saw him on TV not doing a damn thing when they scored a touchdown. <laughs> but, uh, nah, he was getting some work in. All right, Pike. All right. All right, buddy, have a safe trip. There is Pike on the road. Let's go now to Bobby in West Palm Beach. Hey, Bobby. Bobby. Bobby's world. All right, Bobby, try again. All right, you want to go last call for your call, Shirley? All right, let's do it. 317-1250. Last call. You want to do that, Billy? Huh? Yeah, Billy? I'm, I'm, I'm watching the clock, baby. All right, 317-1250. This is almost prime time. Get in, prime time. Get in while you can. We'll be back with our Brown and Wood drive of the game and have more for you when we return on the U.S. Sailor fifth quarter call-in show after this. You're listening to the U.S. Cellular fifth quarter postgame call-in show. Here's Clip Brock. Alrighty, 317-1250. Last call for your calls. East Carolina falling tonight. I mean, so long. I don't even remember the score anymore. 43-28. Sounds good, Weave. Thank you, sir. All right, we got Big Poppy, Isaac, and Mike. Hang on. Let's go to Ryan in Wilmington. Hello, Ryan. Ryan's gone. Ryan? Wait, 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 wait. Now try. Ryan, you there? Yes, I am. Hey, man. Hello? Yeah, we got you. Hey, uh, yeah, disappointing uh, result tonight. Uh, just a few stats. Um, this is the 15th time in program history that ECU has fallen to 0-3 to start the year. And the uh, seven of the last eight times that we've started the year, uh, the coaches left in the last two seasons. And... I saw from a Boneyard podcast that it was uh, uh, John Gilbert was talking to Mike Houston uh, post game. Just wanted to get your thoughts on that, but yeah, overall, just kind of a very disappointing game, and uh, I don't know what to expect from Gardner Webb next week. Yeah, I mean, look, I did the Boneyard podcast tweet about some about John Gilbert met with Mike Houston, and apparently i don't know it's like it's a rumor but they are saying it that they were there in the hallway in boone and there was a discussion he said the discussion was clearly about the lack of offense don't know uh, what was said but it was a one-sided conversation um and i mean you can go read it at boneyard podcast on twitter i, I don't know how true it all is but anyway a post-game discussion between mike houston and john gilbert. i don't put any any stock into that at all it could have been anything he could have been john gilbert unless unless somebody actually overheard something said was there any any quotes or was there any shouting or anything i mean it could have been just a uh, it, that's not abnormal for an athletic director to talk to a head coach in the hallway of a visiting locker room after a game i've seen it a hundred times after wins and after losses and some athletic directors are encouraging their coaches after a loss or some, you know i don't know you just well, unless i heard some quotes or somebody said okay i i saw him like you know pointing at the coach's face and his, you know had his hand in his face and he's yelling at him that's different i get that but it could he, be anything they're 95 percent sure that they heard the word change during the discussion 
<laughs> and uh, it says uh it was about 30 or 40 feet down the hallway so like yeah i don't yeah, know yeah. not enough information there no not enough all right ryan anything else man no, just uh, we'll see and hope that we get a better result against Gardner Webb next week. Thank you, guys. I appreciate everything you do. Thanks, Ryan. And yeah, we uh, got to get a W in that one. Three one seven twelve fifty. Mike's up in Greenville. Hey, Mike. What's up, Clip? How's it going, guys? Going good, Mike. You've become a bit of a closer here on the show. We always talk to you late in the show. Yeah, I'm trying to let everybody get their frustration out first, and I try to bring some sense back. <laughs> <laughs> good luck. All right. Hey, we've been trying that for three hours. It ain't working. <laughs> Billy, you'll appreciate this. Last week, Friday, the Met, our Mets took a L. Saturday, East U took a L. The Mets took a L. Sunday, my Panthers took a L. Then hey, I, I got a W in there though because I'm a Commanders <laughs> fan. Put it up in one on Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> a rough go for Mike here lately. Well, we're on the L again this week. Mets lost last night. East U lost today. Mets trying to lose tonight. Pants don't play till Monday, so maybe a chance there. But <laughs> I see a threat here, Mike. You need to change your baseball team to the Braves, all right, and change your football team to the Fal- Falcons. <laughs> I knew the Falcons was coming. Yeah, <laughs> we're gonna stick with ECU though, Marcus. You may not remember, but you and I did battles way back in the day. Williamson against Robertson. Oh yes, absolutely, man. <laughs> uh, but. Really, when Mike Houston come on, his opening press conference, it was something to like sub. We will be a hard-nosed, disciplined, run-first football team. Hard-nosed can be debated, I guess. I don't think any coaches ever come out and say, well, our team didn't play hard-nosed today. But they're definitely not disciplined. And you could, you could have a one-star recruit and still be disciplined, and we're certainly not that. And run first, we try to run first, and we can't. I uh, had another buddy say, tell me tonight, we just need to let the freshman quarterback go in there and play. Well, that freshman quarterback could be the next Marcus Crandall, it could be the next Jeff Blake, but we have so many other problems, that doesn't matter. We can't protect the quarterback. We can't run the football. Our receivers can't catch passes, and, you know, everybody hates Donnie Kirkpatrick. We, we're not going to fire him tomorrow. There's not one thing you can change that's going to fix this, right? And we're stuck with Houston until 2026 because it's been said before, Gilbert was bidding against himself. So we have to figure out what we have, make the best of it, yes. Uh, We had a couple of games last year where they played to Holton's strengths and let him throw the ball and do more things than what they were doing with the run first. And we were like, wow. Where did this come from? There needs to be more of that this year, trying to figure it out. I don't know if you guys paid attention to Alex Flynn's comments after the game tonight. He said, yeah, I'll get better with more in-game reps. That was pointed right. He, he's saying, hey, as long as I play, I'm going to get better. But right now, we don't know if it's Alex Flynn. We don't know if it's Mason Garcia. We don't know who, who is next in line you know, to play. We don't have an identity. We don't have an answer, and we got a lot to figure out because Garner Webb is no pushover. So we're going to see what comes next week. I, I agree with you guys. The stadium is going to be more than half empty, uh, and it's just you know fans being fans. You know they want to pay for a winning product, and they're not getting that right now. Mike, good stuff, man. Good to hear from you. I, I, and as crazy as it is to say, three interceptions today, no touchdowns. I think Flynn's the guy next week, right? He did more. The offense did more today than they've done the previous two weeks. 
Again, that is a sad statement. It wasn't pretty. It, it wasn't great. But I think I saw enough today to say Flynn gets to start next week. Are what you saying think? he passed the eye test? Well, <laughs> the te- I'm, gra- I'm grading on a curve. Billy. Right, right, right. A big curve. <laughs> I don't know. What do y'all say real quick? We'll go around the horn. Who starts next week? I agree. I think it's it's Flynn. Just be- like you said, it's crazy to think that a guy that threw three interceptions in a ball game is the guy. But I just, I just feel like... He just looks so much more comfortable out there. Um, he looks like he's got more tools in the tool bag, if that makes sense, uh, at this point. Now, you know, I, is Mason Garcia a better athlete? Probably. Um, but he hasn't shown that he can be a leader yet. He hasn't shown that the, the game has slowed down any for him. And I think, you know, Alex looks just a little bit more comfortable out there. And that first drive, he looked great. He really, he really did. It showed me a lot. Jason, who are you starting? <clears throat> I'm, I'm starting Alex Flynn. I mean, I, I understand the interceptions. He has to, you know, get rid of that. But some of that is in scheme um, and, and coaching him up, like Marcus said. That's that's a long throw to make from one hash to the field. Very rarely have I been in a uh, – uh, what quarterbacks been in a system that they you, you, they can make that throw from one hash to the field? Um, so um, some of that can be coached up. Um, I'm like Billy. I, I, when I look at Flynn, he has quarterback movements. It's natural. He 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 eludes the and, and escapes the pocket and and does some good things uh, that we haven't quite seen. Yes, Mason has ran the ball, but uh, some of those were quarterback runs. Uh, Alex has escaped the pocket because he was just, you know, fleeing away from pressure and and turned it into a run. So um, that's that's where I would leave it at. I think it has to be Flynn going forward. Mark? Yeah, I think Alex uh, did an outstanding job in regards to, um, you know, the ad-lib plays in regards to getting it out of the pocket. And and, uh, I mentioned it last week is what I would like to see for those guys, whomever is going to be the starter, I said last week, and it'll be the same for this week. If Alex is the guy, he has to do the same. He has to do the same in regards to when he got out of the pocket, he was very decisive about what he's going to do. He kept kept going downhill, attacking the line of scrimmage. If it was there, he was throwing the football or throwing it out of bounds. uh, Or Sorry, he didn't throw it out of bounds much. But uh, he, he, he gained one yard, right? And that's a positive play. Uh, that's what you want to see. And then in the pocket when he stepped up and took off running. And so uh, you like to see that from a quarterback. And uh, overall, I thought those were the, the great things that he did to earn him another start. Um, definitely the, the interceptions. Yeah. Those are things that can be coached up. And you, you want to coach those things up after that first one, right? And then to come back and see mm-hmm. – the second one, <laughs> right. which was exactly the exact same, same thing, is like, all right, what happened on the sidelines? Like, why right. did he make that same throw? Right. Yeah, what was the communication? Yes, like, that's what I'm talking about. First one, right? you got to say, okay, what were you seeing on that play? Right. right. Coach, da 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 Well, you know you can't make that throw unless you drive that ball that's in right. there. Yeah. Or, you know, so where where is the communication? <laughs> yep. So yep. I, I don't know. And and um, I agree with Marcus, though. It's, it's like first mistake, shame on you. Yeah. Second mistake, shame on me. Yeah. For not coaching you up. I asked Donnie this week about the scramble drill, and he said we haven't hit anything passing off the scramble drill. We've done some things running. I feel like that was the same today, pretty much. Like we did some run things out of the scramble drill. Do we hit anybody out of the pocket? I don't remember a lot. That's still something missing from this offense that could really lead to some big plays yeah. if you could get it going. All right, Isaac's up next in Greenville. Hey, Isaac. Hey, Jason. Hey, Marcus. Hey, Flynn. 
Hey, Cliff and all y'all. Um, so I didn't call in last week. I was a little too mad to call in last week, and that's why I called in so late today because it was looking like it was for us today for a little bit, especially uh, leading at the half, right, I think? Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know. But we'll start with the quarterbacks. Flynn should have started last week. That's that's my thought on it. And uh, especially since what he said in that uh, uh, post-game interview, he, if he would have gotten more snaps, he'd have been better today. That's what I think. Um, and Coach Houston not being able to answer uh, – the question of who's starting or are y'all playing what quarterbacks y'all playing? He should have just said, Hey, yeah, we're going to play both of them and take a look at both of them. That's what he should have said the last two weeks. Um, but yeah, Flynn's our guy for this year. I'm hoping to see him a lot, uh, next week, especially against Gardner Webb, parents weekend. I still think we'll have a decent enough crowd, probably 38, 40,000. Hopefully that's, what I want. Well, You're talking about this weekend against Gardner-Webb? It is yeah. family weekend. That'll help out. That is always I, a big weekend. I don't, I don't know about that big of a number. Yeah. Uh, I hope you're right. I'd love I hope so, too. Let's go see. Let's go get a win. But, yeah. Alright. Isaac, anything else, man? Um, ask me about it. I hope. Uh, I'm looking for a win next weekend. because I'm going to be out there the whole day. I don't know what time the game is, but six hours before the game starts. I'll be out there in the tailgate lot. So. Well, how do you know what time to go out there? When I, I'll probably know about Friday afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> There's no other way to find out before then. You want me to tell you what time the game is now, or you want to keep it a surprise? Yeah, All right, tell me. six o'clock. <laughs> so you got to be out there by noon. Okay. Oh, yeah, we got there at twelve. That'd be a good. That'd be a good pregame tailgate, and I'll be listening to the Bud Light pregame tailgate with you. That's my there man, you. Isaac. Thank you, buddy. Isaac. All right, man. He even threw the Bud Light pregame. No, tailgate. getting the sponsors in. He got the Appreciate sponsor that. in, too. How about that? I like that Isaac just kind of goes through his week like, yeah, can't wait to tailgate this weekend. I don't know what time. I'll be there six hours. I'll, I'll find out sometime. What, 11 a.m.? That's We're kicking off. At, all right. I'll, I'll be, be there, there at 5. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Somebody named Big Poppy is up next. I hope it's David Ortiz in Raleigh. Mm. Hello, Hit Big Poppy. Big Poppy. Poppy is gone. Big Poppy. Uh, struck out. <laughs> <laughs> Went down looking. Oh, Marlins. Oh 11 God. to 5 over the Braves. Billy, you're not really going to do that, are you? No. NL East uh, champion. I know. I know. <laughs> Come on. Do you, uh, do you know who you're talking to? I do. I'm a Mets fan. I know. I'm Give me to. anything I can well, hang my hat on. Relax on the Gardner Webb parade. They are about to lose to Tennessee State, twenty-seven to twenty-five. Ooh. We're going to get an angry Gardner Webb team here next <laughs> week. All right, let's get to our Brown and Wood drive of the game, brought to you by Brown and Wood. And you can find them at brownandwoodauto.com. You can find them on Greenville Boulevard in Greenville. And since 1937, they have been your number one dealership in Greenville, the Brown and Wood Drive of the Game. And guys, right off the bat, for the first time this year, we had a long scoring drive. First drive of the game. Yep. 75, 75 yards. And got it going. Uh, just uh, looked good doing it. Throwing the football, running the football. Good to see Rajay. I'm a, 
uh rajay fan personally good to see him get in the end zone a couple of times he cashed in an early touchdown had a lead had a lead at halftime just uh once again second half woes and we had a caller that brought it up on the ub stat sheet earlier east carolina getting dominated in the second half especially these last uh, couple weeks been rough final thoughts fellas fix it that's it <laughs> just just fix it yeah. whatever the problem is just fix it yeah it's we need we need work we got work that we still got to do so um let's get it done let's get it done scott's got an interesting question was the last north carolina fbs team that mike houston beat east carolina <laughs> when he was at james madison I, bet you it was. I think that is mm. uh, that's interesting wow. scott that is not fun but interesting that is that's crazy to think marcus uh we'll talk to you on thursday and we'll see you next saturday man yes indeed thanks for hanging out long day today jason thank you man talk to you monday monday all right and we've enjoyed it buddy go commanders yes sir go manders uh folks thank y'all weekend (laughs) exactly (laughs) thank y'all for tuning in uh chat gang enjoyed it had uh, a lot of fun on the bud light pregame tailgate our celsius watch party and the u.s sailor fifth quarter call-in show we're getting out of here we'll talk to you monday three o'clock on pirate radio live and we will see you next saturday two o'clock on the bud light pregame tailgate and after the game on the u.s sailor fifth quarter call-in show so long everybody peace go Pirates. you have been listening to the u.s cellular fifth quarter postgame call-in show join us next time for complete postgame coverage of east carolina football exclusively on pirate radio the voice of the pirate nation